Kalani album is straight fire, G. Do y'all got a favorite track? What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite track, Tunde? Um, toxic because you can relate to it. Whoa, 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 whoa! Oh, well, I wouldn't go that far. I'm, I, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. You're somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to the Summer 16 Podcast. This is the podcast between two friends that met, you guessed it, in the summer of 2016. As always, I'm your boy John Bowie, and I'm here with my dog and very good friend, Dr. Toonday. You can find him on Instagram, T-A-U-T underscore seven, taught seven. Every Wednesday, we're coming to you guys with a new episode And we're going to somehow figure out how to combine our different views, experiences, and beliefs to talk about any and everything. And make sure that we always leave here learning something new. On today's episode, we've got a lot to talk about, man. Um, Of course, we're going to start by just catching up. We've been watching a few shows pretty regularly right now, including The Last Dance and Insecure. So we'll catch up on that. Last week, ruffled a couple feathers with our basketball lists, so we have some listener mail to get to. I'm excited for that. Uh, And then we're going to cover some current events. You know, Chris Brown and Young Thug blessed us with a new project. Uh, We're going to follow up with some of the aftermath from the Ahmaud Arbery case and just what it's like to be running while black. Uh, The NFL never disappoints, so we have some stories from there and once again, cover a little bit of the music, right? Some of these verses have been pretty good lately, so we're going to talk about what's coming up in that area. For the Teach Me Something segment, uh, we're going to let you get some things off your chest, dog. Uh, you know, we're both deep thinkers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think we'll we'll just kind of leave it at that and let the, let the fans, uh, you know, just take that journey right along with us. And as always, we're going to end with our AVM section. So now that I have given probably the longest introduction of our show so far. What's going on with you, Doug? Uh, nothing much. Uh, we spent, what, 30 minutes, 40, 40 minutes on Instagram Live, just Lit. chopping it up with people. Lit. That um, was so much fun. We got to do that every every week. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, talking about just random shit, like uh, a movie called Tusk, uh, 90 Day Fiance, uh, Darielle's beard, just just random shit. I gotta be honest, I was a little uh, I was a little nervous because people were actually gonna get to see my face and they're gonna see how raggedy I have become during the quarantine. So I definitely took a few uh, body shots on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, it was it was good, it was good, it was good. So I mean, that was cool. Uh, I know you ran today. Uh, I didn't. Uh, my body just said nah. To just, just sit at home and great labs. So that's what I did and took a nap. Uh, to be so. fair, to be fair, right? Um, you did not do half marathon Monday today, but for those who haven't been keeping up, for the past ten days, you've run at least ten miles. So so far this month, what you're. 
you're a, what a hundred and three miles for the month, right? Like, yeah, if not more. Yeah, something like that. Something like 103, and something like that. So you know what? If you miss this half marathon Monday, you can have that, dog. You can have that. Yeah. I think cool. I think for our hood to coast team, I am second in miles for this month with a whopping <laughs> thirty nine. So uh, you've dwarfed <laughs> all of us. I think you have more miles than everyone else on our team combined at this point. I mean, it was it was because of a challenge, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I it, I've this is the fastest fastest I've ever run a hundred miles in a month. No, I mean, like it, it's mind boggling to me. It's mind boggling to me. I mean, but I I do feel like if like if I really were to properly train and you know uh, recover that. I could go longer, but I think I'm going to save that for maybe towards the end of the summer. I have another goal in mind that I want to do. Are you going to, are you going to tell us now or do we have to, you know, hold no, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Okay. I'll tell you. So this past week I ran 70.3 miles from this Monday to Sunday. Flex. So I think eventually I want to run a hundred mile week. A 100 mile week. What's that at? It's like I did the math. It's like an average of fourteen point three miles a day. So that's frustrating, Tinday. That, that just made my head 10, hurt. Dog. If I could do ten per day for ten days, I can combine that into set, go hard for seven days and do fourteen or fifteen miles a day. Okay, like t- what's like? Give us the secret, dog. Like, like okay, we we have quite a few people that listen to us that are also runners you know what i'm saying like we're all fairly active in our own rights even if it's just like different fitness activities um but when you start getting into the realm of like 100 mile weeks and you know 10 days of 100 miles like is there some secret like do you do you have like some far superior diet like i know that that's not true but please like (laughs) help us help us Uh, chicken wings is not superfood bro they're not superfood it's not like today. Let's see. Let's see. Today for breakfast, I had uh, Chick Fil A. That's fine. Uh, That's super. Yep, I had a uh, spicy Chick-fil-A chicken breakfast. biscuit and and like the little tater tot things. Then for uh, lunch, I had leftover pizza and um, cheesy bread, and then I finished off that leftover pizza for dinner. So that's what I had today. And but what's I also the had secret? A like, what's what's the secret, Tunde? Like, tell us. How can we get like you, bruh? Uh, I don't know. I just, I think, I think for real, to be honest, I, it's just as I've been running so long that my body's just used to it. So like, for instance, if you were, if I were to like start lifting weights, like competitively, right? Mm-hmm. Like next week. And then by, let's say by the end of this year, I could... I could bench press 315. Okay. I, I At the end of the year, I could walk into a gym and, and see a dude bench press uh, 500 pounds, right? Okay. I would be like, damn, what is your secret? But he might have been lifting for like, you know, his whole life, basically. And he just worked his way up to 500 pounds versus me, who I just, you know, been doing it for a year. Like, I've been running 
um, as an adult, I've been running since 20, for real, since 2013. Okay. That's like, and averaging like at least a thousand to 1500 miles a year. Wow. So I've been like, you know, putting in the miles and I, I think I am lucky in that, you know, I don't have like, um, like any, any genetic conditions where like I have breakdown of my knees or, or my ankles or back problems. So that, that is a good thing. Cause some people do have those issues where, sure. Um, I have a friend who's really into running, just found out that, that he has like early onset, like, um, like arthritis in his hip. So wow. he, and he, and he's not even, he might just be turning, had turned 30. Oh, wow. Well, so, okay. But so to that point, right? Like even, even not, not having health issues, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I do think that, you know, you're commenting to the point of, yeah, consistency is key, right? Like if you're going to be doing stuff like you're talking about now, like after seven years, maybe it doesn't sound so fascinating to you, but you know, to the layman, like that's, that's really impressive. But even with all that being said, you know, is there, there has to be some aspect of recovery of, you know, just taking care of yourself, hydrating and things too, that, that are, that are severely important, right? Like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I do drink. So outside of like, you know, I do drink, I like beer. I love whiskey. But outside of like alcohol, like I don't drink soda. I don't really drink juice. I I drink about you know eighty to a hundred ounces of water a day, like without fail. And then sleep. I think sleep is the most underrated part of fitness. Period. Um, people don't realize how vital it is in in giving your chance body, giving your body a chance to recover. Sure. Um, I usually get about seven and a half, eight hours of sleep a night. And then on top of that, I take naps. So I got about seven and a half hours of sleep last night. Then I took about a two hour nap today. And I was still kind of tired. So sleep is so important. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's probably one of the areas that I do the worst in. You know, I just find myself being such an incredible night owl uh, like my mind just races in the evenings and so if i'm not just like dog tired passing out like i can easily be up till 4 a.m and just you know say you know forget it and start my day up again i have tried to be more conscious with that especially you know on sundays knowing you know that this is week five of half marathon monday so my habits have started to shift a bit uh, but yeah no that's a that's a really good point um, that needs to probably be mentioned more is the you know, sleep and the hydration um, because it's a game changer. It's a game changer and, for and, real. And, and you know the crazy thing is, like, Callie put me on to like the whole sleep shit, right? <laughs> Callie it's, is the one that taught you that you needed to sleep. Oh, no, okay. she's 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 already in bed right now. It's not even ten thirty. True, true. <laughs> and she was true. she's gonna get up like around like seven thirty. Ooh wee. Like that's a daily thing. I don't think I could do it. Like even in my best days, I'm going to sleep at midnight. Yeah, that's that me. Like, that's that's me. Like going to sleep like around eleven. And now, now that you know we're locked down or in uh, quarantine, 
I'm teaching from home. So if I have an eight o'clock class, I can literally get up at like seven forty-five, brush my teeth real quick, throw on a throw on like a uh throw on like a, a button down or or mm-hmm. like a, a polo and yeah. just keep my shorts on and teach my class. Versus if, before when I had to go into class, I would get up at like five fifteen in the morning. Hell yeah. And I'll be real with you, dog. You ain't even gotta really brush them teeth either. Yeah, to be honest. Cause... You can say that two minutes. You do brush your teeth for two minutes, right? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, if I take everything into consideration, I could have a um everything what do you call it? consideration. Uh mouthwash, floss, and I have a um uh I have a one of those tongue things. Electric toothbrush. I forget the brand. Um Don't the electric toothbrush makes you make sure you brush for two minutes? Oh wait, you got a quip? You got a quip? Not, not quip, not the the one we came out before quip. The one that came out before Quip. The, 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 the popular one. I mean, it's hella toothbrushes, Tunde. Sonic Care? Crest? Yeah, Sonic Care. Sonic Care. Sonic Care. I was Sonic I don't Care. know. Like, what? <laughs> Quip is the online joint. That's yeah, the one that yeah. I travel with, is the Quip. I heard Quip is good, though. So, Quip is cool. It's, um, look, I need to, we need to be getting. Uh, they need to be cutting us a check, bro. Uh, no, I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> no, but Quip is Quip is good. I find that um, so it was my first electric toothbrush because it does have a really good price point. It mm-hmm. it's one of the ones where it's like subscription based. So every I want to say three months or maybe it's not three months. I can't remember, but they'll send you like the new heads and new batteries and stuff for the toothbrush. Yeah. Are the um, battery? Yeah, well, because it's electric, right? Oh, I but mean, it's not charged. It's not a charger. Yeah, yeah good yeah. call. Good call. Good call. Um, that being said, it, it's it's electric. They give you the new heads, the uh, the batteries, and whatnot. Uh, but for me, you know, you can you can really kind of screw yourself over with electric toothbrushes if you try to use them like a regular toothbrush. Dog, that's what I do, and I, I, I I'm like, yo, my head runs out so quickly. I have to keep changing my Bruh. heads, and it will it will jack your gums up, fam. So. Uh, I had to like, I went to the dentist, shout out to me going to the dentist in my age. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's a good, I'm, 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 I'm growing. Um, and, uh, you know, he was telling me that, you know, like they started to see like some, I don't even know the right word, but like, I was basically just wearing on my gums because I was brushing too hard with the electric toothbrush. So you really just got to be careful because, you know, Are you talking about when you go to the dentist and they and they, and do like the thing with the numbers, like five, yeah, this bro. is four, this is, yeah, this is two. Bro. Yeah, yeah, bro. They were sitting there like, "Hey, fam, like, what? Uh, how you brush your teeth, bro?" Like, I'm like, "Normal, motherfucker." Like, uh, but <laughs> nah, yeah, I like, brush my teeth hella hard too. Yeah, I used to like when I had like a regular toothbrush. I'm in that mug just like going crazy with it, and you know, like I thought that if your gums was bleeding, that you was doing it right. Like, I was big tripping. Um, but you know, progress, not perfection. I have. The one I use at home is like one of the rechargeable Sonic Care joints. Do you know those heads for those toothbrushes are expensive as hell? Dog, I, I'm a, I'm gonna send you a link, uh, Amazon link. I bought yeah. like I bought like a twelve pack of heads for like forty dollars. What? I feel like you can get one of them joints for like thirty. No, so I'm telling what? you. Send me that link ASAP, yep, bro. I got like, you. I'm C three. I think my I think my uh, number is C three. That's the little brand shit that I need. Okay, well, I need 
Yeah, and no, I definitely need to get new heads with my toothbrush. I've been over here just being like, no, 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 I'm fine. No, 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 I'm good. <laughs> uh, uh, coronavirus got got to be putting off all types of shit. I, I finally got an oil change today. Like after, I think like, I need to go do that low-key. It took me so long to get an oil change. Yeah, I was like, oh, you need, it's like, you need a new battery, too. I was like, fuck. All dog, right, I, I tried to go to... Good. I tried to go to Popeye's last night for dinner, G, because I just wasn't feeling like cooking. Yeah. And uh, they lied to me, talking about on Google, they said it was open till 11.30. Wrong. Wrong. Uh, I pull up, and they was straight closed. Uh, but as I was driving, I was like, yo, is my car, like, humming right now, G? Like, what is this? I ain't even went nowhere in in months. Like, it's big tripping. So I'm I'm not sure if it's just, like, you know, it just needs to kind of run a little bit, but I probably got to go get it checked out for real, for real. I'm on my same, same tank of gas since the end of March. Oh, easily. Well, to be fair, I went, like, once they first started talking about stuff was going to shut down, like, I went and, like, filled up my tank and all that shit, you know. Yeah, me too. Just in case motherfuckers needed to make an exit quick, like, they weren't going to catch me slipping. But, uh, not bad, dog. Not bad. Not bad. So let's uh let's uh move on to uh the last dance for this week. I think this week we had episodes seven and eight, and so uh I'm sure after watching them that you have a lot of shit to say with your uh, hate. So I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here uh, for first it. First of all, first of all, I don't hate Jordan. I don't mm. hate him. Mm. Um I just like I said, I don't just revere him as like at the same level as everyone else does. But uh, I, I like these two episodes. Um, I wondered if they were going to talk about the whole Pippin thing when he dis- refused to come back into the game. And they did, yeah. that shot. Yeah, I'm glad they talked about that because I was like, that that was like a, a, a huge thing when it happened. And, well, give a little context. Give a little context. Oh, okay, so context. Uh, this is after Jordan retired. They're... Um, they're in the playoffs, and they're playing. Oh shit! They're, they're playing the 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 Pacers, and no, no, I'm sorry, they're playing the Knicks. The Knicks, playing right? the Knicks. Yeah. And Ewing hits that shot, like little like running hook shot to tie the game, and they and then so timeout is like for Jackson called timeout is like I don't know, like two seconds left on the clock, maybe less. And then a huddle, and Phil calls a shot, uh, a play for Tony Kukoc. And I guess Pippen took that as a slight because he's like, you know, Jordan's not here, so now I'm the guy. I guess he felt like if Jordan were here, you would give him the ball, so why not give me the ball? Facts, yeah. So, but Kukoc is like, well, you know, during that season, I they showed, like, all the, the buzzer beaters that he did hit during the season. Exactly. So... Uh, they come out the timeout, and the assistant coach just took, goes to Phil Jackson and was like, Pippen's not coming in. So Pip, so Phil Jackson goes up to Pippen and is like, are you in or are you out? And Pippen's like, I'm out. And so Phil's like, all right, fuck him then. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> so they put whoever in the game in Pippen's place, inbounds the ball, Kugoc hits the shot, the game winner, they beat the, they beat the Knicks. Yeah. And then like there's a whole fallout from that because like I think uh, Bill Cartwright is crying in the locker room, talking about you, you quit on us and all that, whatever. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, people were like, yeah, 
I can see how people felt that way. But if I had a chance to do it all over again, I would. I got to be honest. I, I thought that part was weak. I thought that was the weak part of it. You know, the truth of the matter is when, you know, and you've played team sports, like I grew up playing team sports. You know, I'm really big on, you know, just making sure you have people's backs. And, you know, especially with that brotherhood that's forming, like, you know, throughout a season. Um, you know, you can only imagine, you know, after all that they had been through that, you know, they really relied on Pippen. You know, it's the first year without Jordan. They're playing well. And, you know, when you're in the most critical moments to look at, you know, the guy that's kind of, you know, been a great leader for you. And, you know, to say, hey, man, like, you know, you might think that you want to take the last shot. But at the end of the day, like we win this game, you know, what I'm saying it's not about you. Um, so if coach is the guy that's been making these shots, like play your role and let's get this W and live to fight another day. So, you know, for him to be looking back on it, shoot, it had to have been at least 20 years later and to be like, that's I would have done what, the same. That's uh, 90, 94. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. You know, by the time they interviewed, I think they did the interviews and stuff like around 20, 2015 or so. Because, I mean, David Stern was still around and stuff, right? <clears throat> um, 2015, 2016 or so. Like, so that's at least 20 years, you know, for Scotty to still be like, oh, I would have done the same thing again. Like, I thought that was pretty, pretty weak. And I mean, if if he were to have any sort of dark spot over his career, that would be it. And I think they even spoke to that really well in the document. Yeah. But they, But I will say that he did come back and kind of, proved himself through his play even in that in that series yeah of course and i mean like they needed each other right so they yeah. weren't gonna sit there and be like oh scotty you quit on us you're not gonna play the rest of this playoff run like that's foolish because in that same series he did have in my opinion the most disrespectful dunk in nba history oh when he dunked on ewing yeah he pushed him down and kind of yeah. stepped over him yeah he was a problem on that one uh, yeah so and then walked over him g like and then talk shit to spike lee but, like i love that dunk so much yo I love that Spike Lee is probably the number one fan for shit getting talked to. Like, <laughs> like people be really disrespecting that man, even today. Like, but that's part of the game. I feel like it's it's Madison Square Garden and Spike Lee. That's why James Dolan is a goofy for like kicking that man out. You remember yeah, that? True. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because like it's certain, it's certain. There's certain teams where celebrities are synonymous with that team, like Spike Lee with the yeah. Knicks. Jack Nicholson with the Lakers, uh, uh, Bill Christie with the Clippers. Uh, I don't know who else. Who's like it will be announced to the team, but like Spike. I guess you say like Mark Wahlberg with the Patriots or something like that. Yeah. So, so for Dolan to do that shit, he he got to sell the team, yo. Yeah, like my man's, and I mean he's still going to easily come up with a smooth what three four bill. Oh, probably more than that because he's going to upsell that shit. Oh yeah, for sure. Whoever buys it, whoever buys that team, I don't think it's gonna be one person. It has to be like a group. Oh yeah, no, definitely. It's gonna be a group, but there's gonna be a majority owner, and they're gonna have to be like, yeah, they're gonna have to throw some weight around. Uh, even though you know, more recently the Knicks have been doing a lot of revamping this off season. I don't know if you've been paying attention to it, but them and the Bulls have been doing a lot of front office moves, and apparently they're trying to get Chris Paul too. I don't know if you heard about that. I don't know. Your favorite point guard. Is favorite. he? Yeah. But you know, you know what else in the in the doc that I wish they kind of covered more of 
is the is the the season uh when Jordan came back. I knew he was going I knew and, he was going to talk about and this. They, and they and they lost to the Magic. Because like growing <sighs> up the Magic were my favorite team. Yeah. Yeah. And then and Penny was like my favorite player. So I would have liked to see more footage of Penny Hardaway or just the, that team in general, because I love that team growing up because I think what you had you had I think starting starting you had uh Scott Skiles, Penny. No, you know I'm sorry, yeah, Penny, Nick Anderson, Dennis Scott, Nick Anderson, Horace Grant, and Shaq. And young Shaq, yep. That's that that team in my they opinion. They were a was, problem, bro. They were they were a problem. And then they made it to the finals and got fucking smoked. Yeah. Well, Rockets. that's because they came off that high of beating the Bulls, right? Like yeah. they was feeling themselves like we're the world beaters, but it's like, yo, Mike, Mike played not even half a season. Like, get off that. Like Yeah, true, true. I mean, true. but you know, that's that winner. That's that, you know, that's that one thing they say about winning, man. Like, you know, when you're not used to winning, you don't know how to be a winner, right? And so, you know, they they beat the greats, the great Chicago Bulls. They ride that they were, high. They were happy, they yeah. Walk in the next, they walk in that next series and get smacked down real bad. So, I mean, which, again, just re- re-emphasizes just how incredible those Bulls teams were because they did not succumb to that winning that winning mentality of just being like, oh, we got one you know, this is the end of it. Like, they kept doing it over and over again. Like, Michael Jordan's so good. He's so great. And it's crazy how he just laughed. Gary Payton, like, he's like, he said, what? (laughs) I didn't have a problem with him. Bruh, like, he was like, I did not have a problem with Gary Payton. But, I mean, I think he had a fair point, you know, right there around Father's Day when they had that, um, the championship the championship game or whatever like that was tough for my guy g like it was the first time he was in the finals without his father and i know you got all your shit to say about that but still you know he had let's be fair it's easy to say that now he had he had a problem gary payton let's not do that because they were up three all he was a problem yeah don't don't like don't dismiss gary payton's a hall of famer don't dismiss him he is he is no i I will respect i'll respect i'll put some respect on that man's name uh, and and then, as, as my brother's game. favorite player of all time, like yeah. I, like they they were up three zero, and then Gary Payton was not checking Jordan, and then Gary Payton checked him, and then they won two in a row. So, uh, I, but I will say, like, girl, coming up though, like you know, my dad had me watch like a lot of Gary Payton clips, man, because like defense was my thing. Like I loved playing defense as a shorty. Yeah, um, and so like you know. That would be like one of the players that I really like to like model my game after, just like really being a tenacious defender and and coming up yeah, with that mindset, talking like all that shit, yo. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I, I oh yeah, I mean, you see me, dog. I be talking cash <laughs> sometimes, like. Oh man, I love Gary Payton. Yo. I, the Sonics need to come the fuck back, yo. Yes, yeah, I mean, dude, buy a house first before they uh raise that uh, raise them prices up. Shit, we already got the hockey team, the new hockey team, so shit's about to go all the way up. Aren't they? T- well, oh, they're talking about a baseball team in Portland, right? Yeah. But yeah. And we, and we, we got the expansion hockey team. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, that'll be all the major sports once y'all get uh once y'all get the get the Sonics back. Football, uh, basketball, baseball. Yeah. True. It's soccer. It's a soccer team up there too, right? Yep. Uh yep. Seattle Sounders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's what? all y'all need. Seattle's an underrated city, bro. I've been trying to I've trying to tell people back home, but they don't believe me, yo. It's underrated. Like I, I, like I posted some pictures like during my run this, this week, and people are like, yo, where is that? I'm like, yo, like I'm I was literally standing downtown taking a picture of this mountain, the right. snow-capped mountain. Like, all right, cool. Don't believe me, but the shit's underrated. I mean, I I do wish there were more black people, but yeah. I mean, but it's more than Portland. Oh, way more than Portland. More than Portland. Like way more. But that's they're not saying much if you compare like a Seattle to like to like DC or Come or on, Atlanta. You're talking Meccas. You're talking Meccas though. <laughs> that's not even fair. Like like you could try to be like, oh, compared to like Dallas or I mean you can't even say Houston shit, but I don't know. Uh so yeah. Um anything else that kind of stood out to you in the documentary? I thought you were gonna talk more to the uh um, gambling shit and the baseball shit. You didn't really have any uh, particular. Yeah. I don't. As much as they they, they want to talk about like, oh, I think if Mike would have stuck around, he would have made the majors. I I don't know, dog. I don't think he would have made the majors. Bruh, but, like you can, you cannot take away you cannot take away uh, from the fact that this man this man literally hadn't played baseball for fifteen oh, years. Th- th- that's amazing. I mean, like he, he came in really balling. Like he, dude, was playing well. Like Tim Tebow couldn't do that shit. Oh, he did. I'm not saying he didn't play well, but I don't think he would have been like. I think they're they're trying to make it seem like oh, if Michael had stuck around, he would have been like, you know, at All Star Weekend at, at MLB. I don't think that. I, I think, think it's more. So, I think it's more think, so a testament to his work ethic and just his ability to just. Just to be like just an incredible athlete and competitor, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, like for sure. But I think also that's kind of discrediting how much how much work that that the, the, the actual baseball players who who've been doing this for a long time have had put in. Yeah, their whole life, really. I mean, yeah, so yeah. I, yeah. So I that's like saying, that. oh, he oh, oh, he hasn't played for thirty years or oh, twenty years. Like yeah. he can come in and just do, and just do it. Like no, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that would definitely have a whole bunch of folks feeling some type of way. Like I think everybody was super, super glad to have them in you know double A ball where they're all yeah. kind of just getting their start. But you start getting to what triple A and to the majors, like they're gonna be looking at Mike like a hey, fam. Like I've been in this mug for a minute, bro. Like exactly. you're not gonna just walk in, come past me. Like this shit ain't sweet. Um. But, you know, I thought the whole thing when they were talking about how this was just some alternative suspension thing, I thought that was complete crap. Like, David Stern would have never suspended Michael Jordan. The NBA was probably at its peak popularity at it that it had ever been all time. And like, yeah, okay, Michael Jordan was gambling on the golf course and whatnot, but they weren't going to suspend Mike. Like, the the almighty dollar would have never allowed them to do that. Like, owners... We're making money hand over fist with that man in the league. I thought that was absurd. I do agree with that. I think, like, like he said, because he won so much, there were people, especially in the media, that were like kind of grasping at, at straws to try to kind of oh, like kind of kind of tear him down. Like, not to compare, but they do like this a, a lot of shit. Kind of like the same they do with athletes today, like yeah, like look at like Kobe or LeBron or 
um, any of other, any of other athletes who like are really really popular. I think Jordan was kind of like the beginning of like uh, some journalists ha- t- taking baseless claims and just running with it. Yeah. After I thought I mean, that was really really unfair. I I mean just the fact that they were like right after my man's dad died, like you know you don't there there was no no hesitation like. They're coming at this man saying, like, you know, oh, is Michael Jordan the reason why his dad died? Like, come on, G. You know, I, I think that there's some needs to be some level of integrity in the media. Like, that that's that's rough for anybody to handle. And I know we've talked about it, like, you know, yeah. Jordan's gamble got his dad kept, but like to you can imagine, like, while he's fresh from the funeral, like coming back oh, and seeing that's, his headlines, that's, like that's wild. That's different, that's- bro. That's different. Like and the fact that that man's heart didn't just go completely cold to everybody, come on, man. He did say fuck Sports Illustrated after they came at him for that baseball shit, though. He never talked to them a day in, a, uh, a day in his life after that. Uh, I mean, Sports Illustrated, I guess back then they were like, Sports Illustrated was a big popping. magazine. They, they were. were. They were popping. They were, yeah, were popping. Magazines were, were cracking back then, G. I did have a subscription to Slam Magazine. I can't even lie. Yeah, dog. Yeah, dog. Slam Magazine used to have... Scoop Jackson used to be that guy. Yes. Yes. Man. I miss Slam. I used to, to, like, take the posters and post it up and put it on my wall. Hell yeah. I was never really a poster kid, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, I didn't have a bunch of posters, like, in my crib as growing up. But... I used to take all the posters. Like, I remember... They, I remember putting up a poster of Jonathan Bender, and I'm looking at this poster like, why is Jonathan Bender on my wall? Right. Like, <laughs> it was Slam Magazine, bro. Slam. It was a fire photo. What you gonna do? It, it was a fire photo. It was like it was like one of those pictures, like he's dunking like on a goal outside, but it's like from the top of 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 the like they shot from the top of of the goal. And he's like fully outstretched, dunking. I'm like, oh, this fire, this po- this picture is fire, but it was Jonathan Bender, yes, so like who who play, might have played like four years in the league and and didn't get off the bench, but had all the promise in the world. He could slam, bro, and that's what the magazine was about. Yeah, I guess. But dog. So all right, more shows. You got to keep rocking. Insecure. Let's talk Insecure, about it. Dog. I was really surprised. I was really surprised during our uh, Instagram live chat that uh, it seems like you you're you're getting some pushback. You know, we we talked after the episode aired. Uh, sp- I guess we should do it again. Spoiler alerts um, for Insecure episode five. Um, so yeah, let's let's go, let's go. So just a little just a little backstory. Just a quick summary of the episode. Um, Issa finally has her block party. Uh, and so, you know, it ends up going really well. Um, but ultimately there is seemingly some jealousy, some animosity between her and Molly. And it ultimately kind of has the whole thing kind of go up in flames there at the end. Um, and then, you know, there were some little side story things that happened along the way, but I think that was the major part of it. And so after the episode aired, you and I talked briefly and it was all day team Issa. We were like, yo, Molly was being a hater. Like she acted like she was setting boundaries. 
woo, 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 but she was full of it and she she wasn't supporting her friend. But apparently you're getting some uh, pushback. So I'm I'm curious to hear how that so, goes. So I have a friend. Oh, so so I have a couple of friends that, that, you know, I guess we should also say what the altercation was, too. I guess I just realized I didn't okay. say that. So so. Issa's Issa's headliner was uh, Schoolboy Q. And they signed. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. It was similar, and then they, and then they signed a contract, and then he kind of just backed out the contract. So she was in a bind and needed a headliner. So she, so Molly's boyfriend, um, Andrew, uh, worked for like some company that works with artists, and she. So Issa calls Molly and says, "Is it okay if you ask Andrew? Could could he like reach out to Vince Staples?" And see if he can do the headliner. And then, so at first Molly's like, okay. And so then she, then I think her and Andrew come, Molly and Andrew comes to some agreement that like they kind of, kind of go full, um, full steam ahead and be together. So then she calls Issa and is like, you know, I'm gonna set boundaries. I'm, I don't want to mix what you got going on with, you know, with Andrew. So then. This episode, uh, Issa is DMing or talk with DM at first, and then talking to Nathan about uh, what, about you know what's going on in their lives. Nathan was basically her ex guy, and is roommates with Andrew. So then, uh, I guess the concert happens, and we find out towards the end of the concert that even though Molly said she didn't want to ask Andrew for that favor. Issa basically mentioned to Andrew. Uh, Issa mentioned to Nathan what was going on. So Nathan asked his roommate, who was Andrew, and Andrew had literally no issue yep. reaching out to Vince Staples and um, and making it happen for her. And then that's when Molly got mad and confronted Issa and basically called her a user and all types of selfish blah blah. But mind you, she did this. In the middle of the, in the middle of the, uh, in the middle of the the block, the block party, party, right? She's doing this uh, out in public. You know, Issa's just finished the headline event, and you know the whole thing's kind of winding down. And she, as soon as she hears this, like she storms up and is just like, "I told you that, you know, he, excuse me, I told you that he wasn't gonna help you. Like, why did you do this? Woo woo." And then, you know. Harsh words started getting thrown back and forth. Oh, and Issa, Issa was like, oh, hold on. Issa was like, um, can this wait? Like, Big do you facts. really want to do this right here? Big facts. And she's like, try to like, can we just please talk about this later? Don't right. ruin this for me. And Ma's like, nah, we're going to talk about this now. Right. And then, of course, ultimately, you know, you got the whole, there's an altercation. Somebody is like, oh, she's reaching for her purse, da, da, da. They, and they think it's a gun. And then black folks start scrambling and running away and then that's the last thing we have for the block party so definitely just put a huge black cloud over the whole thing yeah so um so that I leads think... to the that leads to the the debate now that's going on with are you team isa or team molly like who's who's quote unquote in the right here uh so l- let me start by saying how i feel okay. um Overall, in the show up until this season, 
if there were if there was t- uh, a team to be had, it's usually you know Team Lawrence versus Team Issa. Thanks. And um, like I said, uh, most this sh- we, in that situation in the storyline between Issa and Lawrence, it's usually drawn over gender lines, right? Most guys are going to sign with side with Lawrence, and most women are going to sign side with Issa. Yes, and I'm no different. Like um, from my point of view, for the most part. I understand where Lawrence is coming from. Yep. Right. So, uh, but, you know, I still feel for Issa and I understand, you know, I can still empathize from her side. So I'm never going to be like, oh, whatever Issa does, you know, let's fuck her. Yep. So, but now the situations have, you know, kind of shifted the storyline and this season has been a lot about Issa, Team Issa versus Team Molly. Yes. And, I'm not gonna let like my past feelings of what he says <laughs> has done, yeah, to Lawrence like kind of cloud my judgment. Their friendship like, I, is I, separate for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not gonna say, well, he said this this Lawrence, so that makes her a, a bad person. So I think that Molly, I think Molly is wrong. Was wrong because one, I don't think Molly was was clear enough in her in her boundaries for what she wanted with 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 uh Andrew Andrew and Issa. She wanted to keep them separate but she wasn't really that clear. Mm-hmm. She said she she said I'm not going to ask him. She didn't say you can't ask him or you can't use other means to go around to ask him that, right? Yeah. So so that's one thing. And then also uh Molly, Molly kind of knows Andrew in the first place through Issa. She does, yeah, because Issa was with Nathan, and then Andrew was met with Molly uh, because of their relationship. Exactly. So that's two. So, so she, she, so it's not like she had to go through Molly, right? And then, and then lastly, Andrew had literally no problem, no issue helping Issa. Like he, he sent an email, bro. He sent an email. That's he said. That's all he did was send an email. Like that and, was it. And on top of that, it's it. It seems like, it seems like it might have been beneficial for for um, for Andrew as well. Because if you remember, the reason why Molly found out is because Vince Staples' manager comes up to to Andrew and says, "Oh, you know, this has been great. You know, Vince wants to actually talk to you Facts. when you get a chance." Facts. So that might have actually helped Andrew by helping Issa. So they both might have benefited from it. And don't forget to mention too, right? Like, um, you know, as soon as Molly heard that whole conversation, she looks at Andrew like, you helped her? And he was like, so I helped your best friend throw a party when she needed help and you're mad at me? Like, like he was the only one trying to talk sense to her and she just on a war path. Boom. Keep going. so, and so then, then the part that blows me the most is you, you ruin you. So Andrew and you, Andrew had this conversation about how hard it must've been for Issa to put this together. And she's probably under a lot of stress. And this is why she's been acting the way she's acting. And you understand that. Facts. But because you hear something you don't want to hear and you're so controlling, you have to have this moment right here and ruin her entire night. Everything yep. she's worked for. Yep. You gotta, you, you gotta ruin that. Yep. And then, and then the whole name calling like you're a user, like yeah, 
I don't know. Like, if if somebody's supposedly your friend, like I like if I don't think Molly the not the, the character understands how friendships work. Not all friendships are fifty fifty. Mm. Like okay, because so, sometimes you're gonna have sometimes you you're you're a friend who's who may have your shit more together than than you know than the other half of your friend in certain aspects. But, yeah, yeah. So like, if you do. You can't expect them to be always be on the same level as you, hmm. and and if, if that's not something you can deal with, if everyone if everyone in your friend circle, everyone you're friends with, has to be, or has to be on the same level as you emotionally or financially, then, then um, I don't think you know what like what the true meaning of a friend is, hmm. because I have friends that I have friends that. Although they um, might not be on the same level as me financially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they may they they may provide something for me, maybe emotionally that I may be lacking. It's like it's like a give and a take relationship. Sure. So I think that uh, Molly, even though she may have her shit together as far as her career, like personally, I don't think she has her shit together at all. Sure. And well, so I, I say it, it does either. Yeah. But. Well, so the 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 interesting thing is that um, y- you know, I I think there's a there's a, a level of selflessness that comes with being a friend, right? And in, in in a maybe a shorter way, it's like you know Molly demonstrated you know no sort of care or thoughtfulness to Issa's situation, right? Like other people kind of had to kind of bring it to light, you know, as you as you alluded to, right? Andrew was saying, hey, you know, Issa's been super stressed. Like she's been working on this thing by herself or like there's one other person who ghosted her and then she asked you for help and you ghosted her, you know? And, you know, Nathan was there and ghosted her, you know, like, and Issa's left alone, you know, a, a true friend is there for you to lean on. You know what I'm saying? They they give you that time. You know what I'm saying? That that care. <laughs> Look, <laughs> stop looking at me. <laughs> that patience, that love, and sometimes your life. You know what I'm saying? Like they give you that those aspects when you're in need, right? And you know, for Molly to just blatantly disregard that. Um, and then, you know, make it about her during Issa's win. It's a selfishness that, you know, it's unacceptable. So I think we're on the same page. But what I want to hear about is like the people that disagree with that. Right. Like who who are the people that are saying, oh, man, you know, Molly had a point because that's what I'm curious about. So I'm talking to uh, shout out to the loons. One of the, one of the uh, loons. Uh, you, t- you was actually playing Call of Duty yesterday, Shannon. So basically, Shannon feels like uh, I'm actually looking at like our text thread in our, our text group. But I guess Sh- Shannon feels like Issa, Issa uh, one hasn't really been consistent, and she has been a user. So I'm like, so I'm asking, I'm like, so when outside of the time where she kind of used Daniel to sleep on his couch, like when has she been a user? Because sure. Because that was like Molly's big thing. You're like you're 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 a fucking user and you use people. Yeah. I'm like, like please tell me like when like when she's been um, 
when she's been a user. And then the big thing, his big takeaway from, or the reason why he felt felt Issa was in the wrong is because when he talked, when she talked to um, Nathan, she told Nathan, well, I don't really fuck with, I don't really fuck with Maya like that. Right. And, oh, and, then, and then he's oh. like, well, why, why would you tell her that? Why would you tell him that and not tell her that? And I'm like, and I'm like, well, she she's venting, like maybe that's how she felt. That's how maybe she felt in that moment. Like, I, if you if you if you tell people exactly if you're mad at somebody, right? Yeah. For, the, for in a moment, and you say I don't really fuck with you, and you tell that to everyone that you that you felt that in that moment, like you're gonna you're gonna be a very lonely person. You're like it's okay to vent to people, um, especially somebody who's outside and has like no. Somebody who has like, um, like, like no skin in the game. Like if, like if, uh, for instance, right? If me, you, and Tom are friends, right? Okay. And I have issues with Tom, like a really big issue with Tom. Okay. I wouldn't like directly come to you and be like, yo, Tom did this and Tom did that because you're, you're like you're friends with me and Tom, and I'm putting you in a, in, a, in a bad place as being in the middle. Right, so okay. I'm gonna go. I may I might go vent to somebody who who doesn't know either one, who doesn't know him at all. So I'm like, I can vent to you, and you, like you don't really like have no emotional attachment to the situation, right? So his whole thing is like, why would you why would you go vent to Nathan and not vent to like Kelly? I'm like, but Kelly's friends with both of them. So I like, can't get you know, with this argument. Like, like, I can't get with this argument. In a bad place. Why not? Um. Well, one. I don't think Molly has any knowledge of Issa's venting to Nathan. To be fair, right? Like she's—that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he's mad at Issa because Issa shouldn't have told Nathan in the first place. I mean, it's up to her who she decides to talk to. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He's like, "Well, that's not—that's not her man." I'm like, so you can't vent to you can only vent that's to fine. your like your your boyfriend or girlfriend. Right. So I'm like, that's her like, friend. Yes. I'm like, whatever. Like, but he's like. He's like, but she, but he, but he, but he uh, ghosted her. I'm like, because he was bipolar and was like going through a manic episode. You gonna blame him for that? So he's like, he's like, yeah. So I'm like, uh, I guess. Does Shannon listen to the podcast? Uh, I don't know. Shannon, if you're listening, you're wrong, B. You're wrong. You you nice with it on Call of Duty. I rock with you. You was a good team. <laughs> He was a good teammate. I'm glad that we got to play together. You brought me back many times when I did not survive the gulag. I respect you, but you're but you but you're wrong, fam. You're wrong. I can't get I can't get with this argument. And it sounds like you don't agree with it either. No, I don't. Um, I feel like if if um if Issa and Molly are friends and you're going through a rough patch, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna straight up and say, "Yo, fuck you to your face." I'm not your friend anymore because maybe I gotta work. That's how I'm not. I'm not gonna say that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I got. Maybe I. I want to just vent, and then once I vent, I feel a lot better, and I I have more clarity, and then I can with a level head come back and say, "Okay, th- this is how I feel." So yeah, okay. So the one thing I will say, the one thing I'll say, if I give any sort of concession to this, right? I do think that when it comes to disclosing and talking about 
your personal relationships with others, whether it be a friend, excuse me, a significant other family member or whatever. I do think that there is a certain responsibility of that person to talk about things in the most, you know, genuine way possible. Like, I understand that, you know, in the heat of the moment, you know, when you have an emotional response, you know, Issa said something like, I don't think I really fuck with Molly like that. Yeah, that might sound jarring, you know what I'm saying, out of the blue. But, you know, there is a level of, you know, respect that you should have for those people in those relationships. You know, and you and I, we've been through this multiple times, right? Like, it's not like we haven't talked about things. But to that same degree, it's like, you know, am I just trying to talk to you because I want to just tell you all the negative things about someone? Well, that's toxic in in every way. But if it's like, hey, you know, like, honestly, like, I, I feel like, you know, this person is trying to, you know, put me in this box and I don't understand why. And that, and that opens it up for someone to try to help you versus you just being like, nah, fuck them. They don't get it. Like, they're stupid. Do, 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 do. That's nothing. That's not good for anybody. Right. Because then you're going to directly impact that, uh, like, whoever you're talking to, their opinion the, the, yeah, of, of who person. they're dealing with. Yeah. And then you're just over here saying, you know, half truths to somebody because but, nobody's all bad and nobody is you know, all the negative things you say about them, yeah, in yeah. my opinion, you know? Yeah, but I don't think that's what happened, though. I, I feel like her and Nathan had a conversation. Yeah. She said, she said, and then he's like, oh, well, I can help with that. I can talk to Andrew. Naturally. And that's what happened. Naturally, yeah. No, but, I agree. But, um... I, I do agree with... I do agree with Molly on one hand where she wanted... Like, we talked about last week where she said she wanted to keep her relationship kind of, like, protected. Separate. Yeah. But, like, you can't get mad at at Issa. Yeah. Because like, Issa and Andrew have a separate relationship outside of you. Facts. Facts. And I don't think there's any reason that you should be mad. I'm really curious to see where this goes, to be honest. Um, because truthfully, I don't see how, I genuinely don't see how anybody could take the opposing point of view in this situation. Like in, you know, hey, listeners, if you have been watching Insecure and your team Molly, like, please write in because I, I don't, I don't see any universe where her actions are justifiable or make sense at all, right? Do you tune day? Like, I don't, I don't no, see it. Not, not at all. Um, because then it, also think about this. She's a lawyer, right? Yep. And she, like, uh, she's talking, like Issa's talking to her, and she's like, "Well, you know, schoolboy uh, school Q pulled out of the pulled out of the concert, whatever contract shit, which which is what Molly does. Yep. And facts. what's Molly's what's Molly's first instinct? Well, what did you do wrong? Big facts. I cannot, you know, very how can good I, point. How can, I, how can I help you? Very good you know, point. Get through this, get through like, or give you advice to get through this whole thing, but. I think overall, Molly is definitely, you know, at fault in this whole like tiff in their in their relationship. She a hater, bro. She a hater. She just can't. She just hate to see her friends shining, and that's no, not a real friend that you need in your life. No, speaking of haters, oh, perfect segue, Tunde. You're on fire <laughs> this evening, bro. Speaking uh, of haters, you want uh, me to you want me to let it rock, or you want to read it, bro? No, you can you can read it. Uh, I, I'll say his name though. What a segue. Uh, 
Fucking fucking Jeremy, yo. Yo. So, um, as we move on, guys, as we alluded to earlier, we have a little bit of listener mail. Um, last week, we talked about our top five most influential NBA players. Um, I think just a short summary, uh, we kind of landed on, you know, for the most part, we agreed on most of the players, right? MJ, LeBron, Steph Curry. Iverson. Iverson. And then we had a little bit of differences, right? I think your your bias was towards like an Olajuwon or Shaq for that fifth spot. I said Wilt Chamberlain just because, um, you know, this man it was an unstoppable offensive force and a big man, and I, I just and don't. And think he also the twenty k. That wasn't initially in my <laughs> my thought process, but it is undeniable to say that that isn't just a another staggering. You could say offensive statistic as well. Um, <laughs> that that man piled up. I I still struggle believing that. Like I've been. I've been racking my brain doing math all week since we talked about it. Like 20,000 women, like that's terrifying. So all that being said, we have a good friend of the show, Jeremy, also one of our frat brothers, um, who who had something to say. So um, without further ado, let me get to this um, email and then we'll discuss it. Sounds good, Tunde? Yeah. All right. So. Influential NBA list. It begins. I'm disappointed with both y'all lists because nowhere did I see Yao Ming. This behemoth put 2 billion people on his back and made the NBA global. There are probably more Chinese NBA fans than there are American fans. NBA China is valued at 5 billion. Without China, MJ, LeBron, etc. are not billionaires. Y'all crazy. I should kick both y'all out of the group chat. This list should be as follows in no particular order. And if it's not already good, this is where it gets good. Okay, tune day. In no particular order. MJ, LeBron, Kobe, Yao Ming, and Iverson. With honorable mentions, Olajuwon, Curry, Wilt just for having sex with 10k plus women and not catching age. Dot 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 legend. Thank you, Jeremy. Well, no, thank you, Jeremy. Um, because I think we got something to say about this. So tune would you like to start or, or or shall I? Uh I'll start. Okay, please. Uh please. Yao fucking Ming. Yes. All right, so let, let, let's start there. Yao Ming played eight seasons in the NBA. If you take away his the games he missed from injuries, he might have played five seasons in the NBA. And you like, I think you're you're banking on that he was an international player, and you think that he's like, oh, he's like the first big international player to play in the NBA. Um, that just shows your age, I think. <laughs> Because there were plenty of of great NBA players who played, you know, in in the in the game before Yao Ming. You know, there was should we why we just talked about the the Jordan Doc. There was Tony Kukoc. True. You had Olajuwon. You had Detlef Schrempf. You had Arvidas Sabonis. 
like uh shit you had you had uh fucking Tim Duncan uh, Bowl. Tim, Tim, Tim Duncan get drafted uh, at that time Tim Duncan was drafted. Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan was ninety eight, I think. Ninety. He's ninety seven drafted. So actually, he came draft. in. He came in the same year. He came in the same year as Yao Ming. Yeah, they both came in in ninety seven. So, I I just to 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 say that Yao Ming. Oh wait, no, I'm drunk. Is, Yao Ming was in two thousand and two, bro. Okay. So to to say that Yao Ming is. A top not not I'm not saying he's not influential, but a top five all time influ- influential player. And you are you gonna put Yao Ming as more influential than Steph Curry? So look at the game today. Look at the game today, right, bro? bro. And then just look at what kids today are coming up and who they want to emu- emulate. Are you trying to emulate Yao Ming, or are you trying to shoot threes like Steph Curry? Doug, just ask yourself that. Doug, check this out. Okay, first off, you know, I appreciate you for just going straight to the meat of the argument. You know what I'm saying? This is really good. Can I can I just make a quick aside and say that there wasn't no hey John and Tunde. There wasn't no hey fellas, great job on the podcast. He just went straight at our necks, you know, saying that we should get kicked out of the group chat. Like I am personally, I am personally offended. Okay. I think his list, you just got to throw it away, bro. He got you got to throw it away, okay? How you going to have Kobe and MJ in the top five all time, right? I mean, th- it's the same player, right? Like, Kobe, MJ is top five because people emulate him, and then you have a Kobe Bryant, right? Not to say Kobe might not make, like, a top 15, top, you know, top 10, top 15 list. And, you know, I am trying to put, you know, put some respect on his name, you know, in light of all the recent things. But, like, top five? Come on, bro. No. Throw it away, okay? To your point, Yao Ming was a... was an important player to the NBA, right? But he came in in the 2000s. You feel me? Like, China is a global market, but, you know, we saw the documentary. When Michael Jordan went anywhere in the world... Anywhere in the world, he was the greatest player. Kobe went anywhere in the world, was great for the NBA. Now, okay, Yao Ming was China's own, and I think my man's got voted into the All-Star game every year, strictly just off the backs of China Chinese votes, right? Great for the NBA. But to say that they wouldn't be billionaires without him, come on, come fam. On, come on, fam. MJ had a lifetime deal Long before Yao Ming could tie a pair of sneakers, bro. Like with Nike, like you need to stop it. Stop it. Top five, top five. I, love, I, I just it just bog. Like we say, most influential players. Jesus. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not counting pockets. I'm sorry. That's. I'm talking to the to the actual game of basketball. When we say Iverson, Iverson brought like like the hip hop culture. To basketball. And was an incredible short guard. He was given, you know, young homies like me, like, man, I could get this sick crossover. Like, I could play like Iverson. Like, that was a real thing. It was a real thing that people came up wanting to be like Allen Iverson. Iverson had white kids in middle America wearing do-rags. Like, <laughs> and come headbands. on, son. <laughs> and Listen. headbands. 
and and and, and cornrows, yo. Come on, yo. Gee, gee. Now, okay. We've we've given Jeremy bars, and I think he's gonna fill it when he hears this, okay? Because he knows he was just tripping. He knows he was tripping. Now, maybe this is a, a question that we can tackle. And I think it's pretty easy, but I want to hear what you think. Yao Ming top ten all time? Top ten what? Influential player all time? We're, we're, he's not top five. He's not top five. Top ten? Top ten. I, I'm no, I'm sorry. He, he, one, he, he, he didn't play. He, he didn't play long enough in the NBA. Not top 10? He didn't play long enough. Can you give me five other players? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but can you give me five other players that would trump Yao Ming's influence on the game of basketball? Okay, let's 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 work. Let's work off this top six. So we, if we, we put our six, if we put our six, right? We got MJ, LeBron, AI, Steph. Um, Wilt and Hakeem. Okay, that's six. I'm not gonna say that that Yao Ming is more influential than than Magic Johnson. I still think Larry Bird needs to get a nod. Larry Bird, Larry Bird, even Larry Bird ahead of Larry Bird and MJ. I mean, uh, Magic Johnson ahead of Yao Ming. Okay, Larry, Magic. I mean, Magic hoop with AIDS. And on my list, you, you put you had Shaq on my list, right? Oh, I haven't put Shaq in the top ten. Shaq, Shaq is definitely ahead of him. You put Shaq more influential to the game of basketball than Yao Ming. Think about it for a second. Think yeah, about I, it for a second. I, I don't have to. Oh, yes, okay. yes. What? Ooh. Even to the, even today, Ooh. like even, even today, as a commentator, like mm. the the like the. Like when he when he contributes to the game of basketball at, at TNT with him and Ernie, uh, Chuck and Shaq. Come on, son. So, okay. So this is where this is where it gets tough for me, right? Because I could see Yao Ming sitting here pretty at number ten. I could, I could. Okay. Because I don't, I don't think that it is to be completely thrown out the window that you know the Chinese influence on the game of. The, uh, on the game of basketball in the NBA is enormous, especially, and it continues growing. Right? I mean, right, even even as make sure, question, make sure this. Well, hold on, hold on, because even right, as right. recent as what it was this past season, right? Daryl Morey came out with the the tweet about um, all the stuff going on in China mm-hmm. and Hong Kong, and that was you know dr- just terrible for the whole league as a whole. So much so that you needed LeBron and all these other top athletes to come out and speak. Against Daryl Morey, so the you know China does have some weight to throw around in terms of the business of the game. So, okay. But you're saying it doesn't matter. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm sorry. When I'm talking about when I'm talking about influential basketball players, I'm not talking about the business of basketball. I'm talking about the game, the game itself, like within within the lines of the end lines, end line, and sideline, sideline game of basketball. That's so, not completely true because you were just talking about Allen Iverson and hip hop. Hip hop yeah. ain't got nothing to do with between the lines of basketball. It does not completely. I mean, white kids wearing head do rags to school I'm, ain't got oh, to do with well, the end lines of basketball. Well, I think that's a part of it, right? So, like, sure. So, Yao Ming, what Yao Ming did, he was a, I think he was a good player in the NBA, right? Sure, sure. 
What made him exceptional was his heritage. I mean, yeah, he's what seven six, and he and he's Chinese, and that brought the Chinese market. Yes. So, um, I just don't think that, like, so, uh, as far as the actual game of basketball is concerned, what has Yao Ming like? What is his legacy? On the I NBA? mean, he was an eight-time NBA All Star. All rookie no, first. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, legacy. His numbers like, retired by the Rockets. Huh? I mean, legacy as far as like uh, what impact does he have on an like, actual game today? I mean, couldn't I make that same argument about you know Hakeem? No, because even today you look at certain players. Some players are like, oh, I, I went back and I studied Hakeem's footwork and his moves and like even LeBron when he won like st- when he started winning like he would go in the summers and work with Hakeem and and like all those like up fakes and all those things that, that he learned post moves players go back today and still work with Hakeem mm. okay okay no that's that's fair I mean I, I get that that Yao Ming has like three billion people at his back that, that win and spend their money but I mean, I mean that's that been that you. I mean, you can't just dismiss that dog. Like, I'm not dismissing it, but I'm just saying that doesn't that alone doesn't doesn't trump like what Shaq has done or Hakeem has done for the game. That alone is great, but you, you got to bring a little something more than that. Mm, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall I mean, of Famer. That doesn't put much stock. That, I mean, I don't, I don't put much stock into the NBA Hall of Fame, to be honest. Yeah, NBA fair. Hall of Fame is not like the NFL Hall of Fame or Baseball Hall of Fame. Okay, so then last question: Then who would be number ten? Who gets the tenth spot? I mean, I'm not arguing. Not I'm, not, I'm not arguing. Y'all make it number ten. I'm not arguing that. Oh, so you'll you'll give it to him? Yeah, yeah I'm him. not arguing that, but I'm I'm okay. just saying he's definitely not top five. No, definitely not. No, 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 no. I, just go sit down, Jeremy. And, go sit down, Jeremy. And, I, and I'm not putting him above anyone we just named. Go sit down, Jeremy. You're so wrong. It hurts. I'm so disappointed in you. And Jeremy, should we should we talk about what he said his top five like players are? Oh my God! If you have that text pulled up, I don't have it. I I I can remember. He said his top five players. Do we need to do that to the kid? Is yeah. He said top five players were um, (laughs) uh, Tim Duncan, which I which I I can respect. Right. Uh, David Robinson. Uh, Manu Ginobili, uh, Tony Parker, and Avery and, Bradley, and, and, and Avery Bradley, and honorable mention Sean Elliott. <laughs> uh, I think he was saying those are his favorite players. It's okay. There's obviously a Spurs bias, and you know what? The Spurs are a great franchise. They're a great franchise. They they they're also boring as fuck. Okay. I can't let you disrespect the Spurs, man. Texas, Texas, stand up. What's up? I'm from Texas, bro. Texas, stand up, dog. I, I think you're from Chicago. I'm from, uh, I'm from all of us. <laughs> Texas, stand up, gang, 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 gang. Spurs gang, baby, over here. Oh man, I thought you were a Dallas fan too. Get out of here, two day. Oh my bad, just ask. Get out of here, two day. What set off Mike can't be proven. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. But Jeremy, you know what, man? Thank you, thank you for the email, my friend. Um, you know, I don't think you're a bad person. 
you know, sometimes you just wrong. And that's okay. And that's okay. Um I mean like for real when he when I saw that email, I just wanted to reply back and just say, Do you even hoop? Do you even hoop, bro? Do you even hoop? Dog. We need to right. hey, he just move, he just move. We need to pull up on him and uh and, and, and hit him with a nasty step back, G. Oof. Oh, I can't wait till the group chat. He's gonna kick us out for real. (laughs) Whatever. It's fine. We'll have our own chat. I mean, you know, Kobe though. Kobe in the top five. Do you even hoop, bro? Do you even hoop? Whew. All right, Tunde. You got that off your chest? Are we good now? I'm good. Have we come back down? Okay. Um, let's move on to current events, dog. You 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 can kick this one off. All right. So, uh, you, you know, this past week I was like running every day, so it's it was kind of hard to like I I used to listen to podcasts when I when I while I ran, but um I don't really do that anymore just because I need something a little bit more um upbeat. So um on Apple Music they have like these. These these playlists that they that they carry for you every week, kind of got tired of that. So on Friday, I decided to check out the um the new music section. I was like, oh shit, uh, I see this this album uh called Slime B. I was like, Slime mm-hmm. B. this this cover looks kind of kind of funky. Like, I wonder what this is about. I was like, oh, Chris Brown and Young Thug got an album. <laughs> oh, shit. Let me let me go ahead and download this. Oh, and so. On my Friday run, I decided to, you know, give it a listen. I got to like the fourth song and I and I stopped my, my run and I texted you. I'm like, yo. Crazy. This this album is kind of kind of sick, yo. Crazy. Like, like this is the album that, that needed to happen, like when we weren't on lockdown. Dog. And that's I think that's what I said back to you, like yeah. after I finally gave it the the full spin. I was like, bruh, like, how dare they drop the pregame anthem of the year and I can't even go nowhere. I'm I'm so turned up. Like I'm on I'm on I'm on Steph Curry mode. Like I'm ready to I'm ready to shoot all shots at anyone willing to <laughs> to step on the court. And I gotta stay in the house with that energy. Oh, it was unreal. Unreal. Did you have a favorite? Did you have a favorite track off the off the project? Uh, actually, I have a favorite two tracks. Favorite two tracks. Okay, you go. Yeah, for it. So, so, um, I think we talked about this on the first ep- uh, episode of the podcast. I'm a big fan of like like listening to like the um the subject matter of different songs and seeing the placement of those songs and where they fall with in respect to each other. I think I talked about that with the Dream album, okay. And like the 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 three run album, the three run um, record uh, run. Okay. So my favorite track on this album is is City Girls. Okay. And I, I, well, the overall theme of the album, I like it a lot because it's very toxic, and <laughs> uh, sometimes you need a little toxicity in your life, right? So I'm I've been listening to a lot of R and B. Where like you know it's all like oh you know I respect you and I love you and you know whatever I want to hold you at night yeah 
this album is talking about titty fucking and taking Percocets and, and Vicodin and, and Adderalls. Go, and and go. I, I love... What was the chorus on Animal? He said some shit like, he said, popping bottles in the club, uh, fucking models taking drugs. Like, that was the chorus. That was it. Like, that was I, it. I, I fucking love it. And so, it was a banger. It absolutely so. So, so City Girls basically is one of those fun, fun songs where, like, oh. I think a lot of dudes, they're the spiritual women who just want to have fun. And they're like, oh, you know, you're like, you're, like, oh, you're nothing but a hot girl. You're nothing but a city girl. And I fuck that. Like, if you, like sometimes you want to hang out with the, with the people. I'm not going to put it on the gender. You want to hang out with people who just, you know, are out for a good time. Okay. And that's what that song's about. Like, you know. City girls just want to have fun, and I, the girls want to have fun in the city, man. Yeah, uh, city girls want to be fuck on a titty. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I I love that song. This um, album so toxic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it. so good. It's so good. But then I I think it's funny because like the very next track. After City Girls is uh is stolen. Yes, stolen the next track. And he talks yeah. about like how, how how did I go from too much to not a lot, and you took everything from me. And yeah. it's like it's funny because like I I can imagine like last year sometime let's say like like August September towards the end of summer and Chris Brown is partying doing lots of coke just you know crazy just crazy summer fucking with the City Girls and then like he falls for one of these City Girls Facts. right and then like. You know, couple seasons coming around the corner, and it's like October, right. and and now like she's a she, but she's a city girl because you uh-huh. know that's what she does, and yep. she's like, you know uh, I'm around for you know a good time, not a long good time, time, not a lo- facts, bro. Talk about it. And, and now now he's falling for her, and now he's like crooning on this album on this record, uh, talking about like. Money can't buy back my time, and I wasted my whole summer with you, and you left me in the aftermath. I'm trying to get my heart back. I'm trying to get my heart back that you stolen. You think that was you think that was shots at Karuchi, bro? Uh, it could be, bro. It could be. I don't know, but then the, the, like the last verse, like like he starts like going in talking about um, talking about like you had to take an Uber because you get you got a boot on your on your car type shit. And he still didn't change out the out the car the uh the baby car seat. I'm like, wow. Like he said that was like, it was getting specific. Yeah, I'm like who 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 you talk about? But yeah, I I really, really fuck with this album. Like it's it's fun. Uh I didn't think the combination of Chris Brown and Young Thug would work, but it really it really does work. Man, does it? And I I, I to, to that exact point. I think I was just overwhelmingly surprised. Like, you know, I had heard I had heard about it, you know, a few weeks back when they were talking about potentially releasing a project that they had worked together. I didn't even think nothing of it. I'm like, oh, Chris Brown and Young Thug, like like Chris Breezy's just trying to ride Young Thug's wave because Young Thug can do no wrong in my mind. Um, but man, when they got on tracks together, like it was exactly like you described. Like you have just incredibly toxic joints, and then you got like Chris Brown coming in, like singing anthems, bro. Like, like I could listen. Like I can imagine them playing "Animal" at like 
a, on a stadium tour. Like it had that whole like ambiance to it. Like where if they were like rocking out a concert, like I'd be like, this is incredible. Like this is, this is incredibly um, awful and misogynistic, but fuck it. It sounds good. It sounds good. It sounds good. I mean, sometimes that's what you need. Um, you gotta mix it up. You gotta mix it up. Yeah. And so the two the two songs that really that I really liked, um, I like "Say You Love Me" just the way it starts. Like I thought. Oh yeah. I thought it just came in like it. Maybe it's just because it just hit you in the face, and I was like, oh, this album is about to like go crazy. Um, and then I probably just oh, I, and I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my second track to Undrunk. Because when you had E40 and Too Short on the track Ooh. too, I say yo, which you know also conveniently comes right after Stolen. So you know three track run right there for you. Because um, Undr- like Stolen had me like all of my feels like oh man like she took my heart like I feel that Chris I feel you bro I, I I've loved one too G like I feel you and then Undrunk came on with Too Short and I was like I'm back I'm back I'm good. I was Man. weak for a second, but I'm good now. We back, baby. I, I think since Friday, I might have listened to this entire album at least five or six times. Easy. Easily. 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 I mean, because it's not too long, too, which is another thing that I appreciate. Like, yeah. There's, there was, I was trying to listen to like the Nav album, and I'm just like, man, I, I, I'm not, I'm not finna listen to a, a 40 minute video project. Yeah. Yeah. Minute OVO project. No, I'm good on that. Um, but yeah, shout out to Slime B, dog. Shout out to Slime B. Um, pleasantly surprised. How many? How? What would you give it out of out of ten? What would you rate it out of ten? Uh, eight. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I was like somewhere yeah. in like the seven and a half range, but yeah, I, I ate it. I'm okay with the eight. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, I, I'm. I'll probably listen to it again tomorrow, to be honest. Oh, for sure. <laughs> no, that's definitely gonna be my Two Mile Tuesday album, without a doubt. It's gonna be oh, my man. Two Mile Tuesday album for sure. So, all right, man. What? What? Uh, run the next one. Run the next one, because I got some shit to oh. say about this. So, dog, basically last week when we talked about the shooting of Ahmaud Arbery, um, at the time of recording last week, the footage or the video of the shooting actually hadn't dropped yet. So I still uh. haven't seen the entire video. Like, I've been watching... I watched a lot of MSNBC. I watched it, dog. But, um, there's been... I've seen, like, the part of the struggle or well, i've seen like the video of the whoever recorded coming around the corner and i've seen the struggle but i haven't really seen him actually get shot so Bruh. um i came across an article because i am in a couple of uh fitness running groups fitness and running groups on group me and someone shared an article from the new york times and uh the article was first published uh three days ago on the 8th and it's by uh, Matthew Futterman and Taylor um, Minsberg. So the article based is, is entitled after a killing running while black stirs even more anxiety. 
And uh, it says black runners have taken long steps to avoid racial profiling and violence. After the shooting death of Ahmaud Arbery, many say their fear has taken a new urgency. So the article basically has a lot of quotes from different runners around the country, different black runners. And the first quote that they have is from Tiana uh, uh, Bartoletta, who's a um, Olympic, she's an Olympic gold medalist. Three-time really three gold three, medalist. Three-time gold medalist. Yeah. Really, really fast. Um, her quote that kind of stood out, the one that's been shared a lot, uh, she said, I've run through the streets in Morocco, Italy, Barcelona, Netherlands, China, and Japan. And it's only in my home country that I wonder if I'll make it back home. I thought that was like really powerful. Um, yeah. Or yeah. a black woman to say she's running all these places around the world, representing her country um, greatly. But yeah. come, to come back home and, and have that anxiety, you know, while you're running. Yeah. And then, um, like I said, there are a lot of different quotes throughout the article of uh, different runners. And another article that, um, another the quote that I wanted to point out was by uh, Jesse Owens Jr. He says a 36-year-old firefighter in Macon. And um, I've actually spent a good amount of time in, uh, in Georgia, not just Atlanta, but like Macon yeah. and Albany. Fun fact, I almost went to college in Macon, Georgia. Oh, did you? Yeah. I had a full like one, yeah. like one of my sons that like, I, I really uh, fuck with, he, um, from, from Beta Psi, uh, Clark Atlanta, yep. he's, he's from Macon. So I used to go home, like, go to his hometown and visit him a lot. Dope. But um, basically, he says that, like, he, uh, he met uh, in Macon with, with friends to run the 2.23 miles because last Friday, People around the country, around the world, um, uh, in solidarity, ran or walked 2.23 miles, which represented the date that he died, um, February 23rd. And this past Friday was his birthday. So they, um, we all ran it or walked it on his birthday. Sure, sure. So um, he said that that he loves to explore new areas and... Um, they kind of now he kind of worries that if he does, people would think that he's scoping out the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and there's, there's only so much he can do to protect himself. Yeah, and then he says, if people want to hurt you, they will. So like th- that's something that kind of reminds me of myself because I I get really bored running this like the same route over and over. So like on my like app, I have like this new I have this feature on my app that like kind of creates different routes for you. So I find myself, especially this year, running through a bunch of neighborhoods that I've never run through before. And that itself can give you, like, so much anxiety because you don't know, like, you know, who lives in this neighborhood, what they're about. And if, you know, you're going to run across anybody who might, you know, try to harm you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that 100 percent, man. Um, You know, there's there's two. There's one other thing that I wanted to add just from that article um, that, uh, you know, of course, there are tons of quotes. And, you know, you know, I, I mean, I personally know your experience, you know, running uh, one thing, uh, you know, Tiana uh, Bartoletta, she also has a blog that's linked to this article. Her her blog is TianaB.com. I actually went and read um, just like the little blurb that she put out. 
um, the day before um, the Ahmad Arbery um, memorial run and run and walk. And so I just wanted to uh, just read this little passage really quick. Um, and this is near the end of it. She says, in my skin, I don't hear the clinking of gold medals. They aren't badges of my value or shields from racism. I have earned the right to live because I live. Earned the right to be authentically and fully myself. I have earned the right to tie my goddamn shoes and go for a fucking run and know that I'll return home safely. I have earned the right to be confident that when Chuck drives off and gets in an inevitable speeding ticket that he'll survive the encounter with the police officer that stopped him. These are rights that I have earned and don't have. But all I can do is all I can do. As exhausting as this is, as frightening as it may be, I will keep tying my shoes, and tomorrow I'll run for a mod. That's um, sorry. That's so, powerful. So um, I texted you earlier today, dog, because I was um, I was distraught, and so if I could just take a, a quick minute, um, I think it it wasn't until this afternoon that the whole gravity of everything hit me, right? You know, we were doing like we normally do on every Monday. You know, I'm texting you like, all right, dog, I'm getting ready to run at this time. You know, give me my two hours. I'm going to get back, you know, shower, eat, and then we're going to record. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, just a normal day. And I'm doing all of this while I'm walking on, you know, the campus right here by my crib. And it hits me that, you know, I'm about to I'm sitting here telling you that I'm about to go for a run. And, you know, it's this is just it seems like such a normal thing. But, you know, kind of right alongside of this article, like in a huge wave of anxiety just came across me. Like, you know, I legitimately had the thought that, you know, what if this was the last text message that somebody would get from me? You know, I saw myself in every aspect of this situation and every aspect of this, these articles and all these stories. And then to add insult to injury, as soon as I'm walking down the street, just a police car, like I'm walking through the campus, not like on the side, but through the campus and a police car drives past me. Uh, and I could not even lift my head to make eye contact with the officer. And I was completely I, I was completely taken aback so much so that I literally broke down on the side of the sidewalk on this campus, right? Like I could not even adequately describe the fury that I had, the frustration, but even more shockingly, just the overwhelming amount of helplessness that kind of came over me, right? Ever since we first heard about this thing, you know, early last week, end of the week before that. It's like, oh, this is super fucked up, but here we go again. And even since that day, you know, we've heard about um, the shooting of the man in uh, Minneapolis by the white guy who said that he was a gang member, but they just got into a fender bender and he was upset about it. Um, the video comes out about Ahmad. Um, and then you start seeing all the posts that come out of, you know, justice for, you know, the guys who murdered this 25 year old man in the middle of the fucking street. 
And I was so hurt that I could not even function. Like I, I felt paralyzed by it all. Um, and I and I really don't know how to properly process. You know, I, we've talked a lot off mic just about like a lot of things that have been going on in my personal life and like just trying to understand like grieving and understand loss and you know how that just affects with your psyche especially during like a time when so many people are isolated like like myself where i'm just by myself 95% of the time um it is maddening it is literally maddening and so you know, obviously we're not going to find the answer or the cure right now, but like that anxiety and that fear is so almost ingrained in our experience. Like, how do you function? Like, how do you, how do you not just have an incredible amount of rage inside of you all the time, right? How, how, how? Um... I think I, I'm not gonna get the exact quote right, but James Baldwin has a quote. Oh yeah, bars. You already yeah. know where you're going. Yep. And he says, you know, to be a black person in America and to be like like semi conscious of what's going on is to be in a constant state of rage. Exactly. And I think every time I think about not even Ahmad. Not, not even the most recent case for Ahmad, but like think about all the cases of of black lives being lost unnecessarily just to to white white supremacy and like just systematic op- oppression. Every time I think about it, I get mad. Like I remember, I remember like the 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 first time like I, I actually like broke down and cried over over like someone that I didn't know. Yeah. And that was that was when like I remember Claire's day because I was I was living um I was living in New York but I was home that that summer or that weekend or something in DC and then the the, the Zimmerman try uh, verdict came back and he got found he he got acquitted and I couldn't believe it because I had watched like literally watched every single day like I, I I work I was logging on to my computer at work and watching the trial and I couldn't believe that like this this black boy had lost his life over some over some bullshit and it's then I, bullshit then, bro and then I look at the parallels of of how you know Trayvon Martin died and how Mart already died and and just like Oh, he wasn't. He, he didn't comply with my orders. You're not a fucking police officer. You have no right to stop this man and and with your with, with a gun. Same same way George Zimmerman didn't have a right to stop Trayvon Martin. But then one per, like a black person is dead, and then the only person left to tell the tale is is you. And of course, you're not going to admit to 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 like your fucking bias and your fucking racism. Dog, so, my mom, my mom will not let me wear a hoodie out of the house with my hood up, and this has been for a decade, a decade easily. Like it, 
there there are so many things that I I I I try not to just just be balled up somewhere in the fucking corner like destroyed. You know what I'm saying? Like I All of this, all of this, I'm trying not to just be like having a full out like rage fest on the mic right now with you. Like I, I'm so glad that I ran the half marathon because when I texted you, I was planning on hopping on the mic and, and going ham. Like I was going to say like, hey, dog, we need to run an audible on the podcast today. Like I got shit to, to talk about, but I I ran so angrily <laughs> for two hours that it's kind of started to die down a little bit, but you're sitting here talking about someone's life would literally have been forgotten unless some people had some fucking hashtags. Someone's life, like this, this happened two months ago. And, and, and somebody, thank God, found out about it and got to like get the word out. Otherwise, this is a non-story. This is a, like, and even then, we don't know what the fucking result's gonna be. Buddy huh. was a former prosecutor, former yeah. cop, and like, like, I, I, I'm angry. Just, just imagine, right? I think I, I, I posted this on, like, the caption for when I when I ran on Friday. So there was, because there, there, there have been two arrests have been made, but there were three men yep. who were chasing him. So the, the 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 video was basically of the third man who was chasing him. So they, yeah, yeah, imagine Ahmad running down the street, right? And you have this guy chasing you with his car or truck, whatever he's driving down the street. You're running away from him. You turn the corner of the street, and you see a man. You see two men. One in the, in the back of the pickup truck with his gun, and you see a man in the street with a shotgun. Imagine his fear at that point. Doug, I like, honestly, no one, like I don't have I don't have to imagine it Tunde. Like I watched the I watched the video. I I fucked up. I fucked up and I watched that video, dog. Like it's 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 nightmares. It's it's giving me nightmares. Legitimately. There's, like like there's no one to come to, there's no one to help you. Like it's just you and your own. And just like you said, like what if that's the last text I send somebody? Imagine like all the people he like he wished he could like just see in that moment. And you have these fucking racists just here ready to end my life. Um I would like to find some level of of a silver lining to to end this segment on dog. Um you know I in a way that I can't even adequately describe in words, like I feel for his family. I feel for Ahmad. Like that could have been me. His friends could have been my friends. His family could be my family right now. And, you know, I've really been just working on, you know, this whole idea of forgiveness and peace and, you know, really trying to put love out into the universe, you know, praying that it would, you know, find its way back. But you know, and we've talked about this before. I I I I struggle. I struggle trying to be able to look somebody like 
like these three men in any capacity with any sort of love because it's it's unreal and in just the world that we live in like it's such a disgustingly different lens I can't I can't even walk outside, you know, I'm running on these fucking trails or running around this campus looking at people like you have no fucking clue. So so like I think you just brought up that like even your mom won't let you like wear a hoodie, right? Or wear your hoodie up outside the house. Up. Yeah, like my fucking ears get cold, so, man. So that there's another like um quote from the article that for actually from a friend of mine um her name is keisha she actually started like a run club in dc like it's called track tuesdays and she talked about like when she's running what if she catches somebody off guard and what would their reaction be and in in dc they're asking people to wear masks when yeah. they, even when they go oh exercise. my god like, imagine yeah. like, she talks about imagine me like a black or brown person you're running and you have a mask on. Even, <laughs> even, 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 in a, even when going to a grocery store, I don't feel comfortable wearing a mask because I've, I'm, I'm worried about white people's perception of me and what they think I'm up to, even though we, we know why people are wearing masks mask now. Thanks. But still, like, like racism like, is not rational. Like, like it, makes, it makes you think that that the people that are different from you are the boogeymen. And like it's it's such a fucked up thing like to put on on people who are just trying to like live their life. Yeah. Like like I've like like my I talked to my mom uh yesterday, like for Mother's Day. Sure. I called her and then, you know of course she you know she she's heard about it and she knows how much how much I run. Yeah. And she's just telling me, you know, you know, you gotta be careful, you know. And she she already doesn't like me running as much as I run, regardless, because she's she's always thinking about the worst case scenario. Like what if like exactly. a car hops the curb and like yep. and, and hits you or Easily. Yeah. what if this happens? And and you know th- this this story or or Ahmad's death, you know, didn't do anything to ease, you know, like her anxiety exactly. about about me running as much. Yeah, so it's 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 just it's just so fucked up because I know that we we run a lot, but it's not only just affecting us as runners, but yeah. it's also affecting all the people that care about us that ha- may not happen to be runners as well. Yeah, yeah, and you know maybe the one positive thing that I can say is, man, I just want to give a shout out to. You know, all of my friends who, you know, have been made aware and and just have reached out just to, to just check on me and, you know, check on the people that they care about, you know, especially, you know, anytime it's somebody that's, you know, not necessarily a, a part of your community and, and cares enough just to, you know, at least acknowledge that they might not ex- know what's going on, but just have that level of care enough to say like, hey, man, like I might not get it, but, you know, whatever whenever however like i'm there for you like that that says that's said a lot and i think you know with those few messages that have come through the past few days like um my my appreciation i don't have the words for it um but uh 
all in all, man, like I, I'm kind of at a loss for words if I'm being honest. And, you know, it, it I, I'm sitting here trying to say like, you know what, man, like it's, it's healthy to, you know, feel how you're feeling and, you know, process and, you know, try to understand these things in a, or just, you know, find your peace in some way. But like, honestly, dog, if I was sitting here, like, trying to really go through this fucking process and grieve and, 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 and all that shit with the awareness of everything that's going on. It's a wonder that anybody gets anything fucking done. It's a wonder. Like, you know, we have personal lives too. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I have, you know, family losses that have occurred since this whole coronavirus thing has started, you know, like just the loss of being able to be near the ones that I love. Mother's day was just, you know, a, a day or two ago and it's like I wanted to be with my mom I wanted to not just have to FaceTime her and you know send her an edible arrangement like this is this is something that I don't know if I'm necessarily equipped for it never gets easier for me um and maybe that's something that we can tackle you know in upcoming episodes dog like you know whether it's reaching out to, you know, other folks in the community with, you know, in that mental health space, you know, having Callie come in and give us some bars on grieving and loss and, and, and you know, finding your way through all of that. Um, that's something that I definitely am looking forward to. That's, yeah, same here, dog. Same here, because, like, I don't think it gets, like, we could say, oh, you know, I'm not going to run anymore. But one, that that that's the, that makes them you know yeah the winner in this situation yeah. and two it doesn't matter what we do like we could be walking down the street we could yeah. be going to work we could be sitting yeah. in our house yeah and, and they'll come in and kill us so it doesn't matter what we do like it's it's racist people and they like the system of racism that is a problem yeah so I'm going to move on if you're okay with that dog. Yeah. Um, oof, we shoulders got tight, bro. I'm tight. That just got me tight. Uh, so the world's a crazy fucking place. Um, you know, this past weekend in light of all of this, <laughs> I'm sure you, you're, you've heard of this, but, um, there's the story of the Pro Bowl NFL safety for the Baltimore Ravens, Earl Thomas, who yep. was held at gunpoint by his wife uh, amid cheating allegations. Um, you, you've heard of this, yes? You've heard yes, of yes, yes. So the story goes, as I understand it, um, his wife gets upset with him because of you know his drinking. Okay, you know, maybe my man's just partying too hard. I don't know how he's on quarantine, but, you know, fuck it. Um, and him and his brother comes and picks him up, and they decide to, you know, go have a little soiree at a at an Airbnb somewhere. Naturally, his wife is like, where the fuck are you at? And she tracks him through his Snapchat, finds that he's at some crib, goes and gets his gun and calls up two of her homegirls 
and they pull up on her husband and the brother uh, having an orgy in quarantine. And needless to say, she was quite upset. And by the time the police arrive, she's holding a gun to this man's head. Um, threatening. She takes the clip out, but doesn't realize that there's a bullet in the chamber. And as Earl Thomas's response, did you did you see his response on TMZ? Uh, I'm talking about he wanted like privacy. He said, he said, really, it's none of y'all business. And uh, all I really want is just, you know, for y'all to respect our privacy and just really pray for us that we get through this hard time. What? What? What's yeah. the Russell? What's the Russell Westbrook gift? What? Y'all niggas tripping. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, that... So, Tunde, thoughts? Thoughts? That is on the quarantine orgy. Thoughts? Um, one. For what? What can I start? Uh, I think the most outrageous thing of this is having an orgy with your brother. That's the most outrageous thing to you? Yeah. Do yeah. you think they all wash their hands afterwards? I'm sorry. Um, that's not, afterwards? That's, that's not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> no, because sometimes you want to smell your fingers. At, oh, no, my no, God. No, 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 oh, my um. God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm sorry. I I should have just let you continue on your train of thought. God damn it. Oh, okay. Um, Orgy with your brother. That's the weirdest part about it. Okay. That's the weirdest part. If I, if I, if I were to rank like what disturbs me the most, I'm not having an OG with my brother. I don't I don't want to see my brothers naked. Sure. And, sense. and involved in coitus. Um second. It's I thought we were like on lockdown. Bruh. So like that is that is like that's not a that's not a quarantine circle. That's like a Venn diagram of of just interloping circles. There's so many germs. I know, right? There's so many germs. And like they rented an Airbnb. Like I thought the Airbnb wasn't even like renting shit out right now. Like just all the how you going how you going cheat like on quarantine and at, with a or like orgy with your brother, that's outlandish. That's outlandish. I. I, I... And then and, and and lastly, who who still uses Snapchat? Bro, you're wild. You're wild. <laughs> you're wild. I gotta be honest. The the one thing that stood out to me is that I feel like of all the social media apps, Snapchat is the number one snitch. Do you remember? Oh my gosh. Do you remember back in like 2014 when Snapchat used to do like the top friends? Do you remember this? No, I don't. Okay, so Snapchat used to have it where um, the people, if someone like Snapchatted you a lot or you Snapchatted with someone a lot, it would rank your top friends. Kind of like how MySpace had like a top five. Yeah. Except for for Snapchat, you couldn't select who the, they were. It was the algorithm that was telling you who you like, who interacted with you the most on Snapchat. Yeah. Bro, when I tell you, like, I have had past relationships where that has gotten me in so much trouble. And the thing is, I'm not even like a Snapchat guy, but it would be like if, if a shorty is constantly sending me snaps 
and I'm not responding, but I'm also not sending a lot of snaps to people. Well, then it looks like like that person is the most active person on my Snapchat. Oh, so other people can see it too? Yes, everybody can see uh... that shit. So it's like, I would see your name, and then I'd be like, oh, yo, Tunde, like, why you Snapchat John so much? Like, like what the fuck is that? Like, that's my guy. Like, it's no big deal. But if it's your lady, and she see you Snapchat, you know, big booty 63 all the time, like, she gonna feel some type of way. Like, why is y'all all in each other's disappearing messages, my G? Oh, so Snapchat that's, that's has wild. been Snapchat has been snitching from the jump. They tell when you screen when you screenshot. Well, yeah, I mean, stop being messy and stop screenshotting. <laughs> <laughs> we just gonna leave that uh, one all the way. Oh uh, man, Snapchat, and then, and then is, like even you don't have to log in. Like if you forget to turn off like your location, people can see where you uh, are all the time. Like yes. down to like the house. Yes, which is how like, I thought. The map or whatever, like you zoom in on that shit and it's like, oh, you're on motherfucking 11th Street. I see you right now. Like, Snapchat is a snitch. Not to say that, I mean, we're defending him at all. I mean, uh, I'm, defend- I'm, I'm defending him. You're going to defend what, him? Okay. What What if, what if, like, not, not, I'm not defending him for having oh, an abortion. I'm about to say, whoa. I've seen people defend her. For like, well, what do you expect? Like, no, I don't care what he did. Don't put don't put a gun to somebody's head. Yeah, That's not the right way to like deal with whatever situation. Because what if you accidentally shot him and killed him? Because that's Ruby. that was well, that's what they said, right? Like she took the she took the clip out, but there was a bullet in the chamber. Yeah. So if she would have pulled the trigger, she would have shot that man. Yeah. And and weren't they saying that her friends that she brought with her were like they had like knives and stuff? Yeah, like, no, swinging the knives at the other girls like. Like y'all, like y'all are. I don't understand how the other girls can go to jail. Um, but like, I think they she, all got arrested though, right? I oh, did they? they? I thought it was just her. So. I thought so. But, but if 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 Earl, if Earth Thomas dies that night, we're having a totally different conversation. Like, God forbid he be he'll be like uh, Steve McNair. Jesus, like, yeah. So, the, uh, I just. Well, you can you can tell everybody what happened to Steve McNair for those who don't know. Uh, his mistress basically uh, murdered him in his sleep. Yeah, and then uh, um, murder suicide. Tragic. Yeah, that shit. Nashville, tragic. like it was. I remember I was living in Nashville at the time, and the apartment where he, where he was killed in was like literally like five minutes before I lived. Jesus, so wild. Um, but yeah, if you if you look at so there's, I saw some people talking about this on Twitter. People were like, "Yo, you know, he kind of knew who he married." Like, th- like what, what? What is that? Nah, what does that B. Mean? Nah, that mean? B. So like, if he, if he was an abusive husband and beat the shit out of her, and and if I were to say, "Well, she kind of knew who she married," that that wouldn't fly either. Would no, not fly, not, bro. That's that not an excuse. Fly. She's she's looking at her mugshot. She's just looking like, well, yeah, I did that shit, dog. Like, uh, yeah, she got it. So that's so like, like okay, I understand why she's upset. Like, I get it, you know. Like, but I don't know. Okay, this is this is the thing that always comes to my mind every time you have one of these 
incidents, especially like with these NFL players, right? Like you even had, you know, for example, you know, the whole Ray Rice's situation, you know, and anything of the same point. Like these women go through a lot of very traumatic things, you know, whether it's cheating, whether it's, you know, domestic abuse, so on and so forth. Do you think she would stay with this man? Do you think she stays with him? I think I saw a Twitter post. I can't find it, but I believe she bought him a chain. She bought him a chain? Yeah, like a like a like, chain. Like a like chain a, and a, an appendage. Like an ice cream cone? A Bart Simpson? Um, Yeah. For Earl Thomas. It's like a um, as a gift. Um, Recently? Yeah, it's like, a, like I'm, a, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I put sorry. A gun. You put a gun to your head. Chain. Yeah. So it says Earl Thomas' wife gets NFL star diamond chain four days ago for his birthday, and then he praised her for the gift and said, uh, oh, "said think, thanks, babe." What? Um, Yep, so the picture of the chain says, I can't really read that, but it's, oh, it opens up as a picture on the inside of, of. Her and his side chick? No, it looks like him and his dad or his grandfather or something. So it says, seems Earl Thomas is on decent terms with his wife, despite allegations she had a gun to his head because he's flashing a new diamond chain she got him for his birthday. He turned 31 on Thursday and showed off his flashy new gift on social media. Uh, his grandfather. Him and his grandfather. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you have said that cheating is not a deal breaker, Day. So, are you surprised? Uh, it's not a deal breaker. But holding a loaded gun to my head, I think that's a deal breaker. Touche. Yeah, no, for sure. So you're saying more so from Earl Thomas's perspective, like, why would he let her back kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe because he didn't get a prenup. Eesh. And I think my man signed a four-year, $44 million contract last year. He's supposed to get $10 million from the Ravens this year. That's a, that's a, little, uh, that's a fat check you got to cut, especially after you've been a unfaithful like they're about to run his pockets bro so he posted a video saying stuff like this happens yeah that's that's yeah that was what he said he was like he's like yeah you know stuff like this happens you know i just hope y'all keep us in our prayers i'm like stuff like this this is regular life in quarantine please don't ever do oh, i hope that's I hope that if that ever happens to me, it it, it it like that's the wildest thing that's ever happened in my life. And it's not like, well, shit like that happens. It, it's just it's Tuesday. You're just like, well, you know, like I was, you know, I was drinking a lot, but then you know I was tired. Like you know, I just slipped and fell into an orgy. Nah, I'm. Nah, I'm. I got a hard pass on that, my G. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Oh, but one of the worst things, though, that I saw was that the Ravens found out about it once it broke on TMZ and on Instagram. That's how they found about it. I think that was big foolish because now he's messing with his bread in the in the, the business, dude. Like, 
Oh yeah. Like that's not good looks. That's not good looks. But Damn. Oh. so so the question is does he leave his side chick though? Maybe she could just see. move in. Maybe she just needs to move into the mansion. Like Shorty already knows about her. Yeah, they have like a thruple now. He could pull a Lou Williams. Man, how uh, was Lou Will not mentioned in top five? Oh. In top how was Lou Will not mentioned in top ten most influential like, players of like, all time? He's like forty-seven, still getting buckets on and off the court. Yes, yes, my my man is. Wasn't he? He was. He was probably the first player to openly have, you know, multiple significant others in the league to openly, right? Like, and and, and they come to games together. Yes. They're best friends. I mean, they live with him. I don't know if I would want that life, but I mean, no it's not for me. It's not for me, but you can't deny that's not influential in some to somebody. I mean, I'm gonna say I, I, it's not for me. I'm gonna say I don't know if I would want that because, like, it, it, it seems it seems like it's a lot of work you know, managing like two yeah. different personalities. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, of course, that's the fun side of it, of course. Because. But like, it's just people. People don't think about like. Like all the other shit outside the bedroom. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't think, do they? No, people don't think. I mean, they think, but not with the, with the right anatomy. Very well said, sir. Very well said. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's for me, bro. I don't think it's for me. Like, but what do I know? I'm just a, just a regular dude doing regular things in a regular world, man. I'm just trying to make it out here in these streets. Um, but we'll see, man. Life's crazy, huh? Shit, we, we, crazy we, as fuck. When we do summer sixteen after dark, man, we we could we we could get it. Ooh, just that's gonna that would be yeah, that'd be an episode, wouldn't it? <laughs> summer sixteen after dark, whoo, whoo. Now that would now that would have to be like a, a live thing, and we couldn't like record it. Yeah, yeah, it'd be hard to leave that on the on the internet for my mom to hear. I respect my mother. I mean, I respect mine too, but my, yeah, mine doesn't listen to podcasts. So. Yeah, no, my mom listens to the podcast. I remember when we, uh, when we had the episode where, um, where folks was saying that I had, uh, women's overalls, my mom had listened to it and she was texting me as she was going through, like, they made women's overalls. Send me the what was the brand of them? Send me the name of it. Like she was ready to ride out on folks that's clowning my overalls. G, like I was like, <laughs> it's okay, man. It's a joke. Like you don't gotta cut nobody. I love you. I love you. It's okay. <laughs> but she was she had my back though, and I need that in my life. I need folks that's riding for you for the kid. So shout out to moms one time everywhere. And and just just a quick aside, we didn't say this at the beginning, but you know, Mother's Day was was the other day man happy happy yeah. mother's day to everybody out there yes. dog. happy mother's day yeah wow we should have definitely started with that but you know so it goes next year we'll do better huh but uh so all right dog moving on just real quick um you know everybody was talking about the what jill scott badu uh versus but coming up this week Nelly versus Ludacris. Just real quick, man, who you got? Ludacris. No. 
it's not even. It's not even. I mean, not even what? Huh? I would say if if it's like, if they're going like twenty, I would give Ludacris. If we're keeping score, I would give Ludacris like twelve eight. Twelve eight. Oh, okay. So, okay. So this is the thing. I feel like when we were prepping this, I think we were both like it's a body bag. Um, I went back I, through the articles. Sorry. No, nah, I'm just saying. I I feel like like. Nelly has like four songs that are like oh like no matter what like no matter what um Ludacris plays then that's 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 Nelly. Sure. Uh so this is the thing, dog. I think I think we gotta really put some respect on my man's name, G, because I was really going through it. Um Nelly Nelly has way more bangers than like I, that just came back to me instantly, like, like Pimp Juice is forever and uh, is forever just an anthem for me. Um, country Grammar as in an album as a whole, crazy, crazy. Like you got Ride with Me, Underlay uh, uh, Underlay Mama Ia Ia Uh Oh. Remember that shit. You remember that okay. shit? I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. Maybe okay. So maybe maybe this is a product of my upbringing. So I'm from St. Louis. I don't know if you knew that. Um, oh really? <laughs> okay. St. Louis. Cool. Cool. All right. So I'm from St. Louis, and you know Nelly it has a very you know close um a close personal place in my heart. Like when we were in middle school, we went on a field trip. And, you know, the bus driver literally pulled over and stopped on the side of the street and pointed out and said, yes, that's Nelly's house over there. And everybody is just like, damn, Nelly, gee, he's the greatest artist of all time. Like Air Force Ones, Air Force Ones, hot in here. Did you also um, wear a bandaid on your face? I will be honest. I probably have at some point put a little bandaid on my face. The little tape shit. I, I probably have done that. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I'm being honest. But when you're from St. Louis, that's what you do. You feel me? Um, I was a product of my environment. Uh, all I'm saying, though, is we need to put some respect on his name. I, I still love Ludacris. I will agree with you. I think that he would win. But it's it, it's actually a good battle. I think it's right, actually so I'm I, I, I'm going to list off some, some songs by Ludacris. <clears throat> uh, what's your fantasy? Yeah, uh, area, yeah, area codes. yeah, yeah. Oh, area codes. I still mm-hmm. say it. I still uh, say shit to this day. R- roll out. Down, down, down. Down, down, down. Uh, welcome to Atlanta. I don't remember that. Uh, move. Bitch. Nelly was Nelly was on the remix. Yeah. Uh, pussy popping. Hands down, pussy, pussy popping. Mm-hmm. Slash waterfalls. Uh, I don't know, dog. Ooh, splash waterfalls. Ooh. So and he like he has some like, I think Chris had like a three album run between Back for the First Time, Word of Mouth, and Chicken and Beer. They're like, I don't know, dog. I mean, no. Listen, I I can't I can't say that Luda wouldn't win, but uh, Nelly has more bangers in his back pocket than we give him credit for, G. He does. 
He does. Um, uh, first album, three times platinum. Second album, three times platinum. Third album, two times platinum. Almost three times platinum. Fuck that mean. Like his first, it means a lot. Fuck that mean. It means a whole lot. His first four albums went at least two times platinum. It, just in the U.S. You said at least three times platinum? No, Let's his first it. four albums went at least two times platinum. Just in the U.S. Let's see. Let me get, let me get some let me get some data points. What are you talking about? Um, let's see what Nelly talking about. Uh, how many platinums we got, Nelly? I know Nelly. Oh, I know Nelly oh, work. Country, I yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. Country grammar went. Country grammar went diamond. That's ten times platinum. Nellyville went six times platinum. Oof, shit. And then Sweat went platinum. Suit went three times platinum. That's 2004. And then no more platinums after that. So, I mean, Shit, I mean, grammar, I'm yeah. totally country grammar though has like insane hits. Nellyville had insane hits. And think, sweat, think... sweat and suit were platinum and three times platinum. Like, we need to put some respect on his name. G. St. Louis, yes, stand I said, up. I said 12 8. St. Louis, stand up, baby. We out here. Let's go, St. Wait, Louis. It's Chicago or St. Louis or. Texas. Or San Antonio. I'm from Texas. Or London. I'm from Who's London. Okay. I'm from London. <laughs> but London. Peter, Peter Parker. Peter Parker. <laughs> Are you fucking stupid? <laughs> That's what I'm going to start saying when I get mad. <laughs> oh. Man. That should be... Oh. No, I was gonna say that should be like the, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to slide that in there somewhere. What? Like the her her voice. Oh, you're gonna get the drop for it. I, I have it on my phone. I bet you do. <laughs> can you also get the? Can you also get the do 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 do? Oh yeah 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 yeah. That's fire. That's fire. Right. I love when we be out at the club and be playing that shit. Oh man. Yeah, but I think I'm looking forward to this, to this, to this versus. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a good one. Nelly might win, bro. Ten times platinum. That's diamond, bro. Nelly might catch this body, G. I mean, I fuck with Luda, but but the thing about these verses, like, I think versus is also about having range. Like, you can't just play off off all songs off one album. Oh, for sure. I and mean, it's, it's also about like. Responses like if you play this song, like what are you gonna respond? You have to play it at the right time as well. Nelly got four, a four year run, man. That was pretty hard to beat. Oh, oh, for sure. I'm trying to think. Um, when when did um? Oh, and we ain't even talking about out. the Saint Lunatics and and uh the shit that he got with them either, though. Oh yeah. Yeah, bro. Uh oh, hold on now. What's the name of what was the name of what's the name's group? Ludacris's group? Uh uh Disturbing the Peace. Yeah, DCP. It would and, and what's the name yeah, what's the name signed DCP at first too? Who? Uh, two chains? Oh Titty Boy and, and, and uh and um do, uh, what's the name? Dollar Boy? Titty Boy and Dollar Boy? Dog. Do you remember Shake Your Tail Feather? Listen, I, 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 let me tell you a quick story about this. Hey. I'm going to tell you a quick story about that, that song. I fucking oh. hate it. I fucking hate it so much. I'm going to tell you why I hate it. 
it's a great song. It's a great song. But so I don't know if I've told you this, but um, in 2003, that summer, that summer I graduated college. 2003. And then, yeah, and then my um, I was getting ready to move to Nashville, but like maybe like it was like a maybe like a month or two before I was supposed to move down there. My brother got in a really really bad car accident. Oh wow, shit! So then, like he like like he almost died. He was in like, a coma for a while, and like. So he, he comes out his coma. He's still in the hospital. Uh, going to visit him every day, and so he like this lady like runs a red light and like basically t-bones him. So he had like um, like memory loss problems and stuff like that. Yeah. So like he had like so my my brother it's one of the twins. My brother brought a boombox. Oh okay 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 to, to his room, and he had this thing where like just being repetitive like help soothe him like the the nature of being repetitive so he played shake your tail feather literally day and night like he must have played that song easily i don't know two three hundred times in a row wow and so i got so tired of hearing fucking shake your tail feather i remember the video oh wait a God. minute wait a minute today are you telling me that Shake Your Tail Feather brought your brother out of a coma, and you don't think Nelly's gonna win this versus battle? I didn't say he brought him out of a coma. He's already out of the coma. Oh, oh, I was about to say, oh, listen, he, Shake Your Tail Feather he, is saving lives, B. Nelly Feather is over. It's over. He's already out the, the, the coma, but he was like, he was um, in, in the hospital, like, because he broke his hip too. So he was like doing yeah. like physical therapy for that. So he was just in the hospital chilling, like, just, just playing that song over and over. Like, yo, turn that shit off, yo. That's why I come to this hospital and you playing this bullshit. And then you had the intro. Oh <laughs> my soul. <laughs> Man, I hate that song, yo. I, I, but oh, I, is, I loved it when I first heard it. I loved it. It's a banger, dog. Like, it is. It's, it's it heat. Is. But it's when heat. you hear a song that many times, you're just like, yo, stop it. Yeah, no, nah, I don't know if there's any song that I can listen to that many times in a row. But the thing, the thing is though, maybe like, baby shark, maybe he, baby shark. He's still the same way today. Like when I he go still home, still loves that song. No, that's that the, the the repeat thing. Like he'll watch the same four movies. Like he, he watches on repeat the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy over and over and over. Like, so what does that do, what does that do for him though? Like what is what's the benefit of that? I have no idea. He just watches shit over and over. Like watch like his thing is I'll watch I'll watch. The Lord of the Rings trilogy, play yeah. Red Dead Redemption, or play my franchise mode on 2K. Wow, <laughs> that's it. Like that's not all. Even, you... Not even online, just franchise mode. I like. I fuck with franchise mode though. I'm a I'm a franchise mode kind of guy. More so on Madden, but I respect it. I respect it. Okay. Who, who's his team? The Wizards. Wonk. Knicks. Oh, even worse. Oh, right. You said your brothers are Knicks fans. Yeah. Because all y'all have terrible basketball oh, opinions. No, or or he does uh, Portland now because his favorite player is Carmelo. Is Melo top five Pacific Northwest basketball player of all time? No, he's got there. Oh, okay, just checking. Just checking. Just checking. We're going to have to come back to that later. We but, have Jeremy on the show. Yeah, when we have Jeremy on the show, we're going to give Jeremy so many bars when he comes on this show. I can't wait. I can't wait. This man really tried to come for us on our lists, dog. But anyway, 
Teach me something, dog. Get 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 some stuff off your chest. We, you know, it's called the teach me something segment, but really today is to get this off your chest. Let's 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 talk about it, man. You was really uh, upset the other day, man. All right. <laughs> you just text me out the blue saying, "Dog, I got some shit I need to talk about." <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I did. So, here's the thing. I I, I kind of teased this on the on the uh, movies on Instagram Live, but I have a problem with double standards. Mm. And I understand that sometimes double standards are are, are are way because of society. Like, for instance, women don't pay for dates because women are expected to pay for dates because, hey, women make a fraction of the money that men make in the workplace. It's not right, but it happens because of society. Sure. Um, Is that why women don't pay for dates? Because they make a fraction of the salary? We'll get back to that later. Keep going. <laughs> But I think we were talking about double standards. Um, one that kind of kind of irks me a little bit is I'm not going to get killed for this, but whatever. Go for it. Uh, we all know that I run a lot, and to be a really efficient runner, the thinner you are, the more efficient you are. So I'm more on the thin side than not. So I think I've talked about this before, maybe not on the podcast, but I take an exception when when people think it's okay to, when they were talking to somebody who's more on the thin side, to kind of disparage their body type. Hmm. Like if, if I'm, if I'm, a, let's say I'm out at a dinner with friends, and I say, well, I don't eat, I don't eat uh, Brussels sprouts. And you say, and somebody says, well, you don't eat anything. You you need to, you actually need to eat more because that's why you look the way you do. <laughs> like, like, they, like, 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 really, all all that, like, I think it's cool to like to speak. Like, I didn't invite you to speak on, you know, my body. <laughs> And I think when I say it's a double standard, I think it is that way because if someone who's more heavy set, if I were to like make a comment about their diet and say, well, maybe you sh- shouldn't eat this or that, then I would be looked at as an asshole mm. for speaking on their body type because I understand, you know, in society, it's, uh, I guess, being more thin is coveted. Than, than not being there. Sure, sure. I mean, I think, I think the one interesting thing um, on that too is, you know, one being skinny doesn't always mean healthy. Also, right? That's oh, for sure, a part yeah. of the conver- That's part of the conversation that kind of gets lost, you know. Um, and so, you know, and, 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 and even when we were playing around with this idea, you know, you and I have both had similar experiences of being skinny shamed. Um, like, whereas people would be like, oh, John, you got like a bird chest or, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, dang, like, man, I be, I'm trying to get a little chest. Come on, leave me alone. Uh, but the one story you told me that kind of was uh, standing out 
too was that idea of like you know as a not necessarily husky dude when like taller or or you know bigger women will be like oh i would snap you in half or oh like i could i could take you i could beat you up like you a man but i could take you kind of thing like that's asinine to me like it's not sweet over here but also like i'm not i don't even want to play those games you know what i'm saying like don't yeah don't touch me like i don't like that's not something that's funny or fun or even something that should be a line that should be crossed like it's, it's different over here listen yo and then there's a thing like just because you're slim or skinny doesn't mean that doesn't necessarily equate to you being weak right so I've been in the gym with dudes who who looked apart and, and are weak as hell. And we, we, we get in that squat rack, and I'm like, "Fam, this is this is this, this is your this warm up weight." Tell them that's your warm up weight, Tinder. Like, like, come on, this is this literally just two plates. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'll, I'm repping this out the gym. Facts. And and but but then you look at me and then like, like all right, so. The other day, I had a conversation with some friends, and we're talking about UFC because you know UFC came on the other day, right? Um, Pay per view fight, and we're talking about like the different classes of fighters. Like you know, you have welterweight or featherweight or middleweight or heavyweight. So what, cla- I- what weight class would you be in at this point right now? What weight class would you be in at this po- at your exact weight right now? Uh, I think I would be just shy of heavyweight, maybe like a pound or two under heavyweight. I think I would be welterweight, and I could probably get into middleweight, probably. Yeah, because my understanding, heavyweight is is two hundred pounds. Okay. So I'm like, I'm like one now, like like one ninety eight, whatever. So okay, it's not like, um, but my interest and imagination, I'm not like I'm you know anorexic or anything like that. Right, right, right. And if you, you could, are, you, you could know, go eat the rest of that pizza. You could go eat the rest of that pizza and be heavyweight. Fuck around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I I made I made that comment like, yeah, I could be I could be heavyweight. Um, te- I was like, technically, I said technically I could be heavyweight. And then one of my friends said, "Oh, you ain't nothing but a twig." <laughs> like, Burn. Like, what in what world do you think that would be okay to say that? To, like, if if I if I had a friend and they said. And they were like, and they were like, I don't know, two hundred and let's say three hundred and twelve pounds. And then they they made a comment and said, "Oh, I think I could be welterweight." Listen, by all means, <laughs> if, you think, if you think you could lose the weight and be welterweight, who who am I to 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 comment on your body type? But Bro, if I did, that's that would if they were three hundred something pounds to get to welterweight, they would have to be half. The size that they are currently. Yeah. So, listen. Okay. So, for instance, let's say, let's say, let's say they, they said that, right? Yeah. And I would be like, "Fam, maybe, maybe if if there were like a welterweight squared division, wow. then, then maybe that like wow. you see how that sounds? It sounds like I'm a fucking yeah. asshole, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think it's I think it's just fucked up that that one. People think it's okay to that you can go in one direction and not the other, and I, and I'm supposed to be just okay with just 
uh, accepting like disparaging remarks about my body. Sure. And 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 two, to be honest, I I do think sometimes it comes from a place of of jealousy. Mm. Um, Talk elaborate now, a little bit on. I'm not I'm not gonna say that's everyone. Sure. So people are gonna like oh I'm 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 comfortable with my body and I can what no okay then that's not true then. So um, what I found, especially uh, when it comes to like physical things like running, mm-hmm. I will have people who say to me, "Well, I I would I would run like you, but I don't want to get too skinny." Mm. I'm like one. Um, you wouldn't have to worry about that, no matter how much you ran. Whoa! Isn't that again, commenting on their body? Again, see, that sounds like I'm an asshole, whoa. right? Whoa! Yeah, asshole, right? See, but I wouldn't say that though. But see how that sounds. So if I, when it, when it comes, how I feel when it, when people say that to me. Yeah. But, but um. But, for, like, so there's this one article, right? That that talks about testosterone levels of men. And talks about they mm-hmm. what's testosterone levels. And it talk, it says, well, if you drink this much amount of alcohol um, or if you smoke this much amount of tobacco, then you're basically cutting the amount of testosterone levels in men and it's not good for you. Okay. So one of the things that they talk about is running 40 miles or more in a week. And it, it cuts your testosterone? That's the, that's what the article says, right? Oh, now, I've no. I've read it. I've read this article before, and it's I'm like, okay, like I don't think that running 40 miles over the span of like even like six months is gonna drastically lower your testosterone levels. This is probably for men who who like do this for a living, like like Mo Farah maybe who who runs 100 mile weeks for like his basically his life. Yeah. So so I've. I can't tell you how many people sent me this article like, Tony, you better start running. You, you, you're going to lower your testosterone levels. I'm like, fam. First of all, I've seen this article before. And second of all, I, th- I think it's interesting you send me this article and, and just point out the, the running, but you don't point out the, 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 the drinking or the smoking either because that's something that you do, right? You, you don't want to talk mm. about it. Mm. So I think people sometimes when they don't, when they kind of want a certain thing or wish they could do it, they kind of make remarks to kind of tear down what they can't do or can't have. So, Tunde, let me... This, I think you would understand that naturally this all sounds so contrary to the typical conversation on, you know body shaming and people commenting on you know different body types right like because really what 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 we're alluding to now is like you know what we're both fairly in shape well, not, not fairly we're, we're we're pretty in shape guys and you know sometimes people make offhanded comments about that or you know send you things that are you know ridiculous to some degree um what what is your response to anyone that would be listening to this and be like 
you sound mad sensitive, bro. Like, why are you, why, why is this upsetting you? You know what I'm saying? What would, what would you respond to somebody saying something like that? So the fuck what? I'm allowed to be sensitive. <laughs> talking, about, talking, talking about me, like, so I'm, I'm <laughs> you can say something about my body or say something about me and I'm supposed to just shut oh. up? No, fuck that. Oh. Like, I'm about it. Oh, all right. Great answer, man. Great answer. I'm done. Yeah. You fuck <laughs> it. Like, well done, sir. Well done. Well done. Fuck it. Like, keep you shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. No, that's definitely real. Like, I, I, I have experienced, you know, different scenarios like that where people are just a little free to, you know, just say whatever the fuck they want. I think you brought up a good point. You know, some of it does come from a sake, uh, from a space of, you know, uh, I'm saying jealousy, but but not for the reasons that might be the most apparent, right? You know, earlier in this episode, we alluded, you know, I was, you know, asking you about like, yo, the, that 10 miles a day for 10 days, like, you know, what's the secret, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there is, you know, for anybody that has been on their own sort of fitness journey, anyone can relate to just that, that discipline, that perseverance, you know, that, that ability to kind of set goals and targets and kind of achieve those things and feel incredibly proud of that right and so you know i think whether you're you know ideal body type or you walking around with a rippled up six pack or you know big old muscles and arms and shit you know there are people that see that and then want to try to tear you down because truthfully they envy that level of commitment that you put to something and that ability that you have to achieve your goals right Sometimes it's not even so much just, oh, you skinny as hell. It's like, damn, you know, Tunde is really focused on his mission and his goal, and he's out here achieving that. Like, you know, that does elicit negative feelings from people, right? Like, maybe it's not as simple as just, oh, you a skinny nigga. Like, sometimes it's like you out here getting it, and motherfuckers is content with staying stagnant, and they feel some type of way about it, right? Yeah. Uh... I can definitely see like that aspect of it. Um, but either way, it comes across as you being an asshole to me and I don't <laughs> like it. So uh I think I think from now on, um, I'm gonna stop like just because my like my way of of dealing with that has just been like, you know, I just won't say anything. I'll just like, you know, be quiet and like whatever. I mm. think I'll just I'll just start firing shots back. You gonna start calling people fat today? No, 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 no. Not, not okay. that. I'm, that's, I'm not that's aggressive. I'm not that's that aggressive. much of an asshole. That's I'm a that's a, that's a body blow, G. No, I am. I am sensitive to you know, like how society is, and the like the pressure that the society puts on people. You know, in in some aspects, like well, as far as weight is concerned. Oh, you know, there are like a million commercials. For uh, weight gain, I mean weight sure. loss, and and sure. when you do lose weight, it's you know uh, either it's, it's too much or it's too little. Especially if especially if you're a woman, I do understand that aspect of it. But sure, definitely. Um, but leave me out of that. Like, it, I, I don't think I don't have anything to do with that. Is there is there any aspect of this that kind of is reflective? Um, 
in the opposite case, right? So the the one thing that kind of stands out to me is that whole conversation around, you know, body positivity, right? Where um, some people are, I don't know, for the lack of a good term, hyper positive. Where if, let's say, you know, Lizzo is out here butt naked, you know, you know, posting photos and people comment saying that they don't want to see that. And so, you know, you'll get that backlash of not being, maybe it's you being an asshole, maybe not, but you'll get that backlash of somebody saying like, ooh, like, I don't want to see Lizzo naked. You know what I'm saying? Um, And then everybody's attacking them like, oh, she's a, you know, she's an inspiration, body positivity, blah, 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 blah. But sometimes you just might not want to see that, right? Like, is there any overlap from what you're talking about with that sort of scenario? Or are these two um, completely different things? Um, I'm never going to be one to tell somebody like how to how to live their life or sure. or um, how they should feel about their their body. Sure. For for instance, uh, using Lizzo using Lizzo as an example. If if Lizzo is comfortable, you know, portraying her body the way she does it, then you know, by all means, do more you more power to you? Yeah, more, more power, power to you. you. Um, like even even if, like even if, like I think the whole argument that people had, like, well, that, like when she wore her outfit to the Lakers game, and people were like, oh, there are kids here. And you don't like like for like come on, yo, that's not yeah, that's not the out. reason. That's not the reason yeah. why you have you have issue with this. But um, I don't know. Uh, I I personally am not, you know, attracted to Lizzo. Sure. Uh, but I'm not gonna be like, well, go put some clothes on or something. Like big facts. Yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. That's, if that's what she wants to do, do it. Uh, I'm not gonna comment on it either way. Uh, because mm-hmm. I, I I'm also not gonna lie to you either, right? So I'm not gonna be sure. like, oh. Oh my gosh! Like slay, slay Lizzo. No, I, I mean, <laughs> somebody, somebody likes, somebody likes it, right? Somebody so, likes, it. yeah, no, definitely. I, I know a lot of people attract. I know a lot of people attract it to Lizzo, and yeah. I'm like, if you, if you, if you, if you like it, I love it. Um, I'm just not attracted to it. Oh, her, Blueface right, shooting her. his shot. Blueface was shooting his shot. Blueface, oh, that, 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 uh, the rapper. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. Um, I guess, I guess it's the interesting thing where it's like. Um, you know, I, I, I agree with you in the, in the aspect of like, you know, if someone feels comfortable and confident to do what makes them feel good, then yeah, you know, you have every right to do that, right? Like go for it, like live your best life. You know what I'm saying? You know, I guess where the, the messiness comes in is, you know, others have their own right to like, or not like something but then it becomes messy when you're like oh commenting on it right like so like and you use yourself as an example you might not be attracted to some of the things that she posts or how she looks in certain things but also like that's your right but also you don't got to be on the internet being like oh go sit the fuck down go put some more clothes on go do 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 right like yeah that's where it probably gets out of bounds you know what i'm saying so I guess exactly. the same way, the same way if someone thinks you skinny as shit and that you need to 
get some damn calf muscles. You know, they don't have a right to say that to you, dude. They don't got the right to tell you that you got baby-ass calves. They don't got the right to say hey, to you on, on, that on, no matter on. how much you lift, your calves are going to be tiny. Like, they don't have the right <laughs> to talk about your flimsy little legs First because that's just, that's just First hurtful. I don't think that anyone should say anything like that to you. I think that is terrible. Let's go. Cool. These these calf muscles. <laughs> Somebody likes them. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah. No, but and, and I and, and I and you know, and I think you have every right to show off your legs if you so choose. I'm just saying for all the listeners out there, please do not go to tot underscore seven and comment that he has tiny calves or that his legs look very skinny or like how do you hold yourself up when you're running Tunde? your guess legs are skinny. what like the, i would i would guess hate what the that. album art is going to be for this episode <laughs> oh that that picture of you looking like wizard kelly <laughs> you guessed it you guessed it Just oh that's my favorite that's my favorite fucking photo Oh, shout out to everybody who gets the Wizard Kelly reference. I, uh, I, that's one of my proudest photos that I've caught of you. You you definitely have more embarrassing photos of me, but I think that one was perfect. Woo. Oh, that was great. So, all right, dog, let's keep moving. Let's keep trucking forward. Did you get that off your chest? Do you feel a little lighter? Yeah, you feel, yeah. I, I feel a lot better. Good, man. You were, you, were cons- you were concerning me. You just, you know, hit me up out of nowhere and... I was worried about you, big guy. Um, so let's bring it on home with our AVM section. So uh, I last I went first last week, so you go ahead and um, give the people what they should be checking out. All right. So uh, this week, uh, originally for my um, audio, I was going to do the Slime and B album, but since we kind of talked about that at the beginning, um, sure. uh, my audio this week is going to be Kehlani. Uh, also, we kind of talked about this on the Instagram live, but Kalani dropped the album. It was good until it wasn't. Uh, Fire album. First, first, I'm going to say this album cover. Yes. Uh, yes. Can we say top five? Top five of the year for sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, just like just like uh, the the Slime and B album. Um, love a good toxic album. Uh, reverence by its title. I mean, its first track, titled "Toxic." Yeah, and she 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 sets the stage. Yeah, she sets the stage for the entire album. Um, and I love I love when um women they get into like their really confident like I don't give a fuck what you say. Like what yeah. like these dudes have to say about me, I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do. Um yeah. like I think she's really good at that. Um Janae Aiko is also really good at that. Um mm. Mm. uh mm. dog. Uh mm. Mm. <laughs> I know you're not mm-hmm. a fan, but No, nah, it's not even that I'm not a fan. Sometimes her shit just gets repetitive to me, like I don't know. We uh, I could I, Janae is great. I think Janae is great. 
Uh, sometimes her shit just gets repetitive. That's all. Um, but I did want to. I did want to kind of do uh, give a quick comment to what you said about the Kalani album because yeah, you know, right. and we did talk about this on the Instagram live. Like I, I've been rocking with her for you know about five years now, four, six, five or six years from the mixtape days. Um, and, and you know, you kind of alluded to this, but I think you know, watching her as an artist and her evolution, like while you're kind of describing this as like a bit of a toxic album, like mm-hmm. I. I saw like a lot of like growth, right? And so there was like a new level of confidence. Um, and just like when it came to like talking about shit, like it seemed to be from a much more mature place um, and a much more honest place versus just like your typical toxic shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it was about like, you know, maybe bad relationships, but then like like overcoming it, coming out of it. Like, you know, and I think a lot of that was from the perspective of, you know, how she's a mom now, yeah. which perfectly segues into why that album cover was low-key kind of heat to me. Like, Shorty is holding that baby weight fantastically. Like, it is, like, Shorty is, Shorty got thick on, on mugs, G, and it's great. But even on the album cover, another reason why I like it, right, you know, she's, like, looking over the fence or looking mm-hmm. over that wall with the water and hose, and it just kind of reminded me of that old adage, like, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. Or, you know, as some people like to retort, like, no, the grass is greener where you water it kind of thing. And she's definitely watering her side. And she's watering her side, right? Like, she's checking to see what's going on over there, which I think is a natural thing for any of us who have experienced, like, you know, loss or a breakup or anything like that. But truthfully, like... You know, it was good, and then it wasn't, and, you know, I need to kind of focus on me. But, you know, we'd be lying if we don't be checking, you know, social media or whatever to see what the fuck is going on somewhere else. And it's a really hard thing to do. So, uh, shout out to Kalani. Uh, yeah, that album. She, she's got out. Speaking of, she's uh, got out of that relationship with YG. So, yeah, um, I think, like most artists... They put out really good projects when they're when they're feeling more pain or getting over yeah. breakups than they are when they're like super super happy. So, uh, yeah. really good project if you can uh, check it out. Um, I ordered the vinyl. I ordered the vinyl because I love the album cover so much. <laughs> it's autograph. Yeah. It's autograph. Yeah, it's gonna up. be on the wall back here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, off. Shout out to Oakland, um, man. So um, for my um, for my visual, um, I'm doing billions, billions. This is this is Monday, so episode episode two of the latest season just dropped, um, or of season five just dropped yesterday. Uh, so Bobby Axelrod is back. It's uh, if you haven't seen it, it's a show. Uh, about basically a lot of people with money. You have this this guy named Bobby Axelrod who runs X Capital, like a a fund manager, and he uh, basically he's cutthroat. He goes head to head with the U.S. Attorney of the Southern District at the time. His name is uh, Chuck Rhodes, and they go back and forth. And he they basically he tries to lock him up, and it's just a big game of cat and mouse. And uh, Chuck 
I don't know. He uh, is into BDSM. And oh, wow. him and his wife. Yeah. I know it's yeah, it's it's wild. And then that gets out and then he gets so like basically gets fired from his position as US attorney, and then he runs for was it governor? I would say governor of New York. Uh ends up winning that and runs on the campaign of yeah, I, I, I am to be at BDSM. That makes me normal, and he, he basically wins his election. But oh wow, um, Billions is a really really good show. The writing is amazing. Um, a show by Andrew Sorkin. Um, but yeah, I think that if you're in, into a show that has really good writing, a really good plot, um, really really I think really good acting. Uh, you should check it out. It's uh, billions on um, it's on Showtime. Nice. So that is it's, it's uh, season five right now. Yeah, season yeah. five. Yep. Okay. So I actually came into it like right before season four. So I, I've been like the first three seasons. Nice. Yep. So that's my visual, and my um my mental is a uh. It's a book called Nexus, but it's actually a three-part series of of books uh, called Nexus. Uh, I forget the the other two um, books, the other two books in the series, but uh, it's a book called by Ramez Nam, N A A M, and he he uh, basically writes a it's a book of science fiction where in the not so distant future there is a new technology of, of nanoparticles that you can ingest like like you ingest a drug either permanently or temporarily and you can use these nanoparticles they basically bond to your like cerebral cortex and you can use that to um to communicate with other people on uh different levels through code and instead of people talking, you can imagine like all the possibilities of um, being able to uh, basically connect to another human being on um, just through code. And it's it's a book about or a story about espionage and cyber warfare, and it's really re- realistic. And um, if you're into science fiction and um, in espionage books or crime books, then I suggest you uh, check it out. I think it's Apex, Nexus, Apex, and I forget the last one. It's a so I saw Nexus, Crux, and Apex. Yeah, Crux. Yeah, that's the last one. Fun, fun facts. It looks like Paramount purchased the film rights in 2013, so maybe there could be something in the works for the future, huh? Oh, that that would be dope. That'd yeah. Be dope. Um. And so, you know, even when we were prepping this, uh, you know, we talked about this could be a series that we might read and talk about on the on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's um, one of those books that would be really good to talk about. I'm down. I haven't I haven't got a good science fiction in a minute. Um, but yeah, sounds good, dog. Uh, anything else you got? I think that's it. Yeah, oh, that's it. Perfect. Perfect. So. 
for my AVM this week, I kind of went a little different. Um, of course, right for new albums, we took Slime B, you got Kalani. Um, and so I wanted to recommend a YouTube channel that I am a huge fan of. It's called The Color Show. Have you heard of this tune, Day? Uh-uh. So it's basically a YouTube channel that promotes a uh, it promotes artists from all over the world in a really unique like aesthetic. So it's it's very minimal such that you'll have probably the artist, their outfit and then the background is just some very vivid color that kind of gives you the feeling of the song. Um you have all sorts of artists that that have been on there. Um Denzel Curry, Moses Sumney, Black has been on there, Schoolboy Q, Kaliuchis. Um, but then you'll start to get a lot of UK-based artists. Um, Little Dragon was on there. They're from Sweden. Uh, and then you, you'll start to get artists that are very more unknown as well. So it's also a really cool place to discover music in a, in a very unique way. Um, some of my favorites, I would say, are... Uh, I mean, some of the hip-hop artists, I'm a big Little Dragon fan, but Earth Gang has an amazing uh, performance on there. Um, who else? Leanne Le Havas has a more recent episode on there. That's another UK artist. Um, okay. the, it's called The Color Show, or you could just search Colors. They also have a Spotify playlist where all the uh, singles that they release through the show come out there. And even during quarantine, they've still been dropping regular content and doing uh, uh, streams and like little mini concerts too. It was like her Uh, had a a show. Her had a show. I mean, dog, they have all sorts of artists and all sorts of genres. Not even all of them are in English, if I'm being honest with you. There was a Brazilian uh, transsexual artist that had an... Transgender? What did I say? Transsexual? Is that not right? Transgender? Um, A Brazilian transgender artist on there that had an incredibly moving performance and none of it was in English. I have no idea what the fuck they were saying. Do they but have it subtitles? No. Not even huh. subtitles. Um, but it's also one of my favorites. Let me see if I can find their name really quick. Um, I think because it's actually not too long ago, if I'm being honest. Um, but uh yeah, that's it's it's a channel that I'm a huge fan of. And highly recommend it. Oh, there it is. It's a uh, Lineker, Lineker, L-I-N-I-K-E-R. The song is called Presente. She was fire. She was fire. I have such a weird taste in music. Some of y'all will like it. Some of y'all won't. But it's diverse. Find what you like. God damn it. Fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> for my video, um, in my desperation for anything sports, while I can't watch the Last Dance documentary. I have resulted to watching esports online. So currently, uh, the Madden NFL 
tournament is going on. So this past weekend, uh, the Madden Bowl. It's the Madden Bowl two, 2020. This past weekend was the group stage. The 16 best Madden players in the world all uh, did it virtually. Uh, they're playing online now, and they had the competition. And so the elimination round and the championships are going to be played this week and into the weekend and they'll be debuted on ESPN. And so, Mm. you know, while I'm just chilling out, it's actually pretty dope. It's, it's different from when the NBA tried to do the 2k tournament where it's just like the players, which which is cool, but they're not like pros at the game. Maybe Devin Booker might be, but most of them are just like regular ass players. These guys are like about that Madden life and they're actually doing like incredible plays uh, that I've never seen done on video games and just the amount of control and all that shit that they have. Like esports is real, bro. It's an Olympic thing now. So we gotta respect our esports. How would you feel if your kids wanted to grow up to be professional video game players? Would you let them? I mean uh, that's what makes you happy. Really? It's that simple? Uh I guess. Yeah. I can't nah, force your, but... I can't force a kid to like I mean, as long as like they had like other hobbies, like growing up, like, like science. <laughs> well, science or you know, get out and do some physical exercise. Don't just sit in the house all day. They'd have strong hands. I guess. Nah, you ain't with it. You ain't with the shits. It's okay. I understand you want to be supportive. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Um, for my mental, there's a resource that I'm a huge fan of. Um, so, you know, we talk about a lot of different books. I am a fan of like business or uh, self-help, you know, personal development books. Uh, there's this resource called Get Abstract that I'm a big fan of. Uh, I used to have a subscription when I was in college. Um, it, it is a paid resource, but I think during quarantine, they're having uh, of like free trials and everything that so you can try it out. Um, the idea of the app is that it takes a lot of these personal development, business strategy type books, you know, whether it's two, 300, 400 pages, and it distills it down to like five to seven pages of a PDF with the key bullet points. And so you can read or get the major content from a lot of these books in a really easy, digestible, you know, just straight bullet point sort of way. Um, and then actually take some of that stuff and apply it um, very quickly. Uh, at my job, you know, I was working with some of the executives and they're trying to roll out a new sort of corporate incentive structure such that they recognize that, you know, you might be an engineer doing, you know, future development for products that might not see the light of day for five years, three to five years. How do you get rewarded compared to somebody who's driving, you know, revenue, right? Like I'm making the product that's being sold this year and, you know, bringing in the revenue, you know, the incentive structure kind of changes. And so there's a lot of books that they have around that. And so I actually just went to Get Abstract and found quite a few books on that, got some really high level information on it and actually can kind of sit in these meetings and have conversations about some of the strategies and things and then also share it with coworkers to uh you know kind of 
make them aware of some of the changes that are going to be coming. So the resource is called Get Abstract, uh, one word. And so check it out. I mean, it's not just for business stuff. It's personal development. You know, anything that you care about, I would check to see if it's there. So that's my AVM this week, dog. Sounds good. Sounds good. Bring us home, man. Bring us home. Yeah. Uh, so now that we left you guys with things to check out, uh, with some good books, uh, good good esports and shows and and all that good stuff, we're going to wrap up the show. So first and foremost, thank you for listening to this episode. It's, I know it's been a long one, but if you stuck with us to the end, you're a real one. Max. Um, Yep, you can always stay connected with us by email at summer16podcast at gmail.com. Our show's Instagram, uh, summer16pod, or on our Facebook page, summer16podcast. All links will be in the description. If you enjoy the content and you want to help us grow and provide better shows going forward, don't hesitate to put something towards our cash app, dollar sign summer16pod. Anything helps. Until next time, whole lot of gang shit. Gang, gang, gang. Stay safe, everybody. Peace.